Welcome to the Whiskey Stories podcast. One of the regulars, he was an old guy. He would come in like when we opened and he would stay there right through his clothes. He would give us all hell. He would absolutely <laughs> abuse us. He was a horrible customer, but he was, he was funny about it, you know? And he would, he would order a, a priest and a ginger boy, was what he'd call it, which was a pint of Guinness. And, uh, and a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> a, a priest and a ginger boy. Welcome along to the Whiskey Stories podcast, and we are we are back in the big room, and more importantly, back in the big room with the big man. That's it. A big Ro- ego has returned. <laughs> Ross so Barr is back. Don't fit in the room anymore. It's a disaster. <laughs> By popular demand, That's believe it. it or not, we actually had the listener contacted us and complained. Says, where's Ross? Yeah. So we, because Angus and I are perfectly honest, Angus. Yep. We weren't really up for having him back, were we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, but, you know, popular you, demand. You, Angus, uh, you boys have smashed it. No, I've got to say, you boys have absolutely yeah. smashed it. Well, I've, that, been, I've enjoyed it. I listened to you on two flights. Two flights? Uh, so I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's good to be back, and I've missed talking about drams, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the fiance's not that interested in whiskey. She's not interested uh, at all. The father-in-law to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. We hammered out some drams over yeah. in Michigan. It's Good. got to be said. Uh, it didn't. Get, I don't know if I told the story of the first time I went over. It was banned from drinking whiskey after the first day we met. Oh really? <laughs> uh, by by whom? The, the local authorities? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by my future mother-in-law. Actually, that's a good. Beat. I'll just start with that. that was, I mean, like. I was obviously in rural Michigan, as mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, organizing a wedding for for this summer. And I've got a good relationship with um, with her parents, which is good. So yeah, that's thing. always helpful. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> in America, they're allowed to okay. carry guns legally, yes, so that's also a very good reason. Yeah, I'm terrified. Um, but uh, a whiskey is something that ended up becoming a common interest of me, of our father and I. Mm-hmm. And the first day we met, I bought two bottles of whiskey, you know, to arrive to the house yeah, yeah. and, you know... You've got to set a level. I've got, also, I've got an international reputation to uphold. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to be in rural Michigan, be the first Scotsman most of these people ever met, I better have a <laughs> bottle of something on me. And so the first night, um, our parents were school teachers, fairly sensible, I think. Uh, and it turns out he was basically going drink for drink with me. Which mm-hmm. be, uh, mm. The next day, for the next two weeks, um, he was banned from drinking whiskey. Mm, but this sure. trip was good. We had a couple of nights pub quizzes. We visited a distillery. I saw that on your Instagram story, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and and so we drank a lot of whiskey, o- lots of bourbon, and lots mm. of lots of planning done for the for the wedding. The whiskey stories wedding. Whiskey stories wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're from life from Alpena, Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it was a very productive yeah. visit. But I'm I'm glad to be back in Scotland. Actually, I'm, I'm quite enjoying being back at work as well, yeah. just talking about whiskeys. So. That's um, I'm glad to be back in my favourite. Pub. We're back in the athletic yeah. arms, and, and of course, because you're back, Angus is now back in the quiet corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we, of course, we've got a guest with us. It's important to we've got Connor O'Keefe. Connor, Hi. welcome along to the Whiskey Stories podcast. Thanks so much. I've been listening since day one. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Wow, well, there we go. So, that's so the, this is the listener that wanted Ross back on. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor, you, you work at the Holyrood. Distillery yeah. as a senior distiller, or so, as we mm. thought earlier on, the senior, senior distiller. <laughs> distiller. You knew I had an accent. The accent that, that was it. You yeah. didn't know which, which one. Yeah, no, so. that is an accent yeah. and a half there. So where are you from originally? Then uh, I'm from Cork in Ireland. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, grew up there and then uh, came here about seven years ago. 
Fantastic. after a long trip through Sweden and Australia and all sorts. Wow, yeah. wow. So not, not the direct route from Cork to Edinburgh. <laughs> no, because no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a short flight, Cork to Edinburgh, but it's good to go via Sweden and other places as well. It's kind of, kind of how I met Connor, and obviously the job he's doing now is quite different, is um, he worked in on-trade. Mm-hmm. Right. So so that's, uh, I think we were discussing before we started recording, I didn't know you'd spent some time in Australia and such, but I knew you from Nauticus. Um, which is one of the best yeah. whiskey pubs yeah. in, in Edinburgh. Also now top 50 cocktail bars yeah. in the UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is something worth shouting about. Yeah. That, and that's, that's since I left. Yeah. Importantly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see what holiday do when you move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did an interest in whiskey start when you were travelling? Did it start in Nauticus? How did, how did it start in Cork? Yeah, um, it started in Australia, weirdly. Uh, I yeah grew up in Ireland, but it was... Um, it was early 2000s to be honest it was like two and a half distilleries in Ireland at that time you know right. um, so it, you know it, it, the, the selection was pretty poor every bar had the same stuff yeah. um, it just I was interested in booze but not really whiskey just wasn't a thing you know um, the first dra- scotch I ever had was uh, Laphroaig because I was like well, that's, I try that's a common theme this yeah. seems to be a common theme that runs through because it was Jodie Buckley yeah. yeah who hadn't drank till he was 20 years 24, old 24 yeah. 24 and then his dad says here try this that's, it's, that. it's so typical of asking for a recommendation and mm. for some reason it's, mm. apparently maybe Scottish people I don't know if it was a recommendation or not they go I'll have a Lafroig no, it almost, almost scares you off yeah. put some hairs yeah. on your chest laddie that doesn't well, well, scare you off it starts you on a fantastic well I was scared though my first drama was Lagadol in 16 was something like that I was totally terrified and I don't drink much PT whiskey even yeah. now. So how, how, how did you find your first Laphroaig? Do you remember? Awful. I hate it. Awful. Absolutely yeah. hate it. <laughs> I, I, you know, the only scotch that you'd really, really get in Ireland at that time, you know, it was, it was like, you know, a few blends and stuff, teachers and, yeah. and black and white, weirdly, okay. which I've never yeah. seen here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, they, if they had single malt, it was like Glenfiddich, Glenmorangie yeah. and, and maybe and, and one, yeah. one Isla, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it happened to be the Freud, and I was like, I kind of sp- I spun the wheel and I chose that, and yeah. it was yeah. horrendous. I, I was think, like, it's a drinking an ashtray. I, I think if it. it's your first dram, <laughs> it's like a dare and a glass. Yeah. Like yeah. you try the vodka for the first time, yeah. if you're not a whiskey drinker, you go, oof. Yeah. Like, you, you yeah. would need to dare me to drink the rest of that. Yeah. Uh, but some people absolutely adore it. I mean, I, I was cheap enough that I wasn't going to throw that out like yeah. no, finish it, finish it, it one way or the other he's in yeah. every second of it but I was, I was and you never had a sore throat for about three months afterwards because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just yeah. cleared everything but I mean, right so first of all before we move on too far we are all drinking drams tonight which yeah, is are, important yes. um, what have we got in front of us I'll start with uh, we'll go with Ross Ross you're back in the country you're back in the athletic arms what have you got you've got three lined up there I do you? have three lined up one of them is related to Mr O'Keefe so we'll talk about that because he actually selected the, the part of the team mm. that selected this whiskey oh. um, but I've come back in I've seen the Instagram post Kev's got a new whiskey shelf put up near the whiskey bridge whiskey that's bridge which yeah. he spoke about on episode two of this podcast <laughs> I want a whiskey bridge I think was the quote yeah, yeah. Well, it's here it's, it might not last about very long oh, no, it's, it's, it resembles the original tea bridge <laughs> I think the staff are a bit worried it's a bit sugarly looking it does uh, look sugarly nearly 800 whiskeys in this back bar now and I picked two Thompson Bros bottlings right, okay. so I've got one um, Craig Ellicke yeah, it's yeah. not a distillery that I go to very often mm, right. um, no, 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 in terms of because it's, it's independently bottled a lot this one is a Craig Ellicke that's in an Oloroso Octave so a nice small nice cask small, yeah, nice really easy. fudgy yeah. I'm really impressed with yeah. it so far 
Mm. Um, and it can be, Craig Elke well. can be quite divisive, can't it? A hundred percent. Craig Elke's won an original, a very old job I had at the whiskey shop when I was 18. Another job. I know, I know. <laughs> who, worked with, who worked with Hunter Lang, was the, the yeah. independent bottler. And I reckon in that first year I had at least 30 different Craig Elkies. Am I right in mm. saying that Craig Elkie is known as a meaty whiskey? I would describe it as that, yeah. If I, if, I, if I remember, I can't remember what it was I read up on and it had a sort of, the texture within your mouth gives think, it that sort of meaty... I think Craig Elkie and Mortlich both get those mm. kind of reputation right. for that. And it's an interesting facility to drive past. I mean, Craig Elkie, more famous now for the Highlander Inn and yeah, the Quake that right. we've mentioned previously. But it looks like a fire station. Yeah. You know, those old yeah, fire station yeah. doors, you can, you can see the, the stills. You, you can see the stills yeah. directly from the road. It's yeah. very kind of photogenic. It's got... The pot stills. It's a kind of 1960s building, but it's a kind of clear glass... And you can just yeah. see it. It's very. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to drive past and not stop and take yeah, a picture. If you didn't see those yeah. those those glass doors, you wouldn't maybe think it was a distillery. Mm. You see them, you go. Yeah, you yeah. have to stop. And massive stills as well, yeah. Craig Elke. And then an undisclosed seventeen-year-old by Thompson Bros. No and this is one I actually don't know what it is. Mm. It's not uncommon for me to try and tap, fill up, and be like, uh, you know, what is this? I'm really enjoying yeah. it. And obviously, non-disclosure agreements. You can't tell of me course. much. But this is one that. Uh, I've not had much of yet. I've seen it in a few bars. It's the first time I've ordered it. Well, you, you missed last week's episode, which was one of the lost episodes with Mike Brown, which mm. Angus and I got. And of course, right, yeah. there was a lot of sampling that was happening during that evening. <laughs> and listeners will maybe have picked up on... Um, towards the end. Towards the end. <laughs> way, well, slightly pickled. <laughs> Please podcast and drink responsibly. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But, um, yeah, without going too much way yeah. to really upset you, Mike Brown dropped the ball and, uh, and told us, off camera, off mic, what distillery in Isla, Smokehead. Bastard. And if you listen, Mike, <laughs> and if you are listening, I'm just kidding, he didn't. He, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he had us guessing. In the last episode, he had us all guessing. Yeah, I was like, well, it can't be this because yeah, of this. Right. Oh, but I'd be absolutely shocked. What, what are you drinking, Graham? Right, uh, to be honest, I'm struggling to remember. Uh, I've got two drams in front of me. The one in the Glencairn glass is an Eden Mill um, bourbon. It's the bourbon one. Uh, a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, Angus and I were up in... Eden Mill, the distillery, Ewan and um, Chris mm-hmm. gave us a great, well, I say tour, we didn't get a tour because there's no distillery. We, we walked around the fencing and looked at the hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. But um, we, we were there and it was, uh, the, the, the hill hosted us very nicely, but I was driving, so Angus was doing the sampling. And the other one here, which Angus has had to send me, show me a picture of because I'd forgotten completely because you picked it I for me. For you, yeah. <laughs> now, is it a Cadenheads or Cadenheads? Cadenheads. Cadenheads. Mm. Which is an independent bottler. The oldest independent bottler. There you go. It's a 14-year-old distilled at Glen Tucker's Glenlivet Distillery. Yes, so something we mentioned. Historically, you know, I, uh, I think Simon Smith mentioned this. Not many bottlers still use the Glenlivet term for Speyside. Okay. So that is a, from the Glen Tucker's distillery, but they still use the term Glen Tucker's Glenlivet to let you know it's a Speyside distillery because they're such an old bottler. Right. But Glen Tucker's... Again, in that Ballantine Chevis portfolio. Is that right? So uh, that's so it it's an ugly distillery. Uh, <laughs> you can't visit, but no. very, very good whiskey and a Glen Talkers and bourbon. Actually, an old schoolmate of yours, Charles Kerr, mm-hmm. is the largest collector of Glen Talkers that I know. Right. Because it's All such right. a niche, yeah. random whiskey. I think he's maybe got 20 bottles of it, and I'm like, that is, that's incredible. Wow. Um, so, Glen Talkers is something that. There you go. A wee bit of water, I think that'll be brilliant. There you go. It's actually 50 odd percent, it's not too bad going at yeah. that point, but no, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Can't guess what you're on. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone for a bit of a favourite of mine. I've got the uh, Kilkerran 16. Oh, Big yeah. fan of Kilkerran. Uh, yeah. Couldn't resist the 16. And then I wanted a smoky number because, unlike Graham or Ross, I do enjoy my peated whiskey. Yeah. So um, it was a dram I either had on the podcast or after the recording of the podcast when uh, Woody was on. It's a Woodrow's 10 year old uh, Williamson. Lovely, uh, nice. punchy, two big yeah, jams. Yeah, Woody is listening. Yeah, We're well, still looking like, for sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> I was very. I Graham said to me, he said, I said, what are you after, Graham? He said, I want something light, gentle, smooth. And I thought, no, I want something nice and punchy. Yeah. So yeah. we've gone for, you know, but Jack Spratt and his wife here. Opportunity to try Corner, what are you? What are you sipping away at? I, I went the other end. Uh, like, probably as different as you could get to that. I went for like. Uh, what was it forty percent? I think uh, Glen Cadden uh, bourbon cask. Oh, very like, nice. Total, total opposite end of the spectrum. Um, nice. Pod favourite. And if I, to so be honest, yeah, yeah. if I was, uh, without being disrespectful to Glen Cadden and um, uh, um, no, um, Cody Reynolds. Cody Reynolds, yeah. sorry, mm. Cody. But uh, I, I've since that episode that we had him on when we were in um, Bennett's bar. Yeah. I've just haven't been able to stay away from yes. it, and the thing is, I found that I'm coming to this pub with over 800 whiskies yeah. now and a, a whiskey bridge, and I'm going to the same six bottles. <laughs> <that I've laughs> well, right. the, the problem is, Glen Cadam is at eye level behind the uh, yeah. behind yeah. the bar. Very good shelf yeah. play, placement for the, for the brand. Very good. Very <laughs> good done well with his placement. And then the there. second yeah. dram you've got is a dram that we're actually both on. It's my first time mm. trying. Oh it. yes, this is your third um, dram. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so t- tell us about this. What is this? Uh, this is our first single cask. So second whiskey we've ever released. So Hollywood single malt single cask. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the thing about our single casks, or yeah, at the moment anyway, is that. We do a lot of different recipes. That's something that most distilleries wouldn't mm. really talk about because mm-hmm. there isn't distilleries. You make your spirit and you put it in different casks. But um, at Hollywood, we do um, yeah, we make different recipes. We have different malts and yeasts, things like that. Um, so d- this is one of those. Um, it's from the very early days of the distillery uh, when we would make private. Uh, recipes for people. You come and you choose your yeast, choose, you choose your malt, malt and choose all that. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, I mean, what a thing to have. But <clears throat> the issue is that our our kiss kind of makes about two and a half casks worth of whiskey in each run. Right. So, which is really tiny. But um, if you if a person buys one cask of one recipe, mm. You've got, you've got another cask and a half left over there, you know, or give or take, right? And um, so, yeah, at that time, um, th- we just filled it to our own casks, and, and that was our our stock. Yeah. And then, mm. but it meant that like so we've some really weird, random recipes, with, yeah. like mm. like say wine yeasts and stuff like this. So one of the but first single yeah. casks from a new distillery, yeah. selected by the team in the distillery. Yeah. So what 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 is the specific recipe then of this? Oh, uh, you test me can now. try and explain <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's. We like I say we do a lot of them, so uh, so I, I actually all I remember is <laughs> it's bourbon cask with distillers yep. uh, yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that time we were using uh, grain dis- grain distillers yeast and malt distillers yeast, um, and then wine yeast as well. 
So, right. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. it kind of builds layers of flavor. And it's so because, light and yeah. fresh. It's custardy. Yeah. It's a little bit of citrus. Mm. Why the um, hell did you not tell me to get that? That sounds <laughs> exactly what you're after. It's true. Yeah, but it, it, this is interesting because I was on your website earlier today, yeah. having a little look around Hollywood Distillery, uh, and you have a cask offering at the moment. So you're selling casks, and yep. there's two options. And the one option is produced from a cloudy wort and one is produced mm. from a clear wort. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I mean, for the for the I'm, I'm, I'm research. I've been round a few I've been round a few distilleries in my time, and I'm after memory, like I said, I can barely remember what wort is. Yeah. So can you explain? You know, to us and to the you know what 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 is wort and what, well yeah. what what and what first, is the difference why, then why? when it. When, when it comes to whiskey, making it from a clear wort, that's cool. Making it mm. from having somebody uh, production, this is just make, <laughs> make, and then making it from a cloudy wort. Because actually, looking at the prices, there's a big price difference yeah. between yeah. the well, cast for cloudy. Can and I step in <laughs> and just say, yeah, why don't we go back to the beginning? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, because uh, because we should probably say to people what Hollywood Distillery is. <laughs> yeah. I also, yeah. this okay. is we are. We, you can probably tell we are very keen because. You're the first person who's actually involved yeah. in, in the production, production of whiskey. Yes. And it's an area that I don't really know well, too much about. about. I don't yeah. do much of that, can't you? Oh, sorry, what, what distillery no, was no. that you worked at? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't stay over in the States, get a green card, because you found a job over there or something. Yeah. But anyway, right, Connor, you, you went from Cork to Scotland via Sweden and, other, uh, and Australia. Yeah. What was your entry into whiskey and how did it all start for you? Um, I'll keep it brief enough, but basically when I went to... I, I was been working in bars since I was 18. Um, uh, basically as soon as I could. Uh, I was always kind of interested in, in drinks. Um, of, of any sort, let's yep. say. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> My taste developed over the year, over that that time, but um, yeah, I, I went into drinks, uh, into bars at eighteen. Uh, I was working there and stayed working in bars. I did about twenty years basically working in um, wow. in bars. Uh, I thought you were like twenty eight. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe oh. it's twenty eight. That's yeah. just what it looks like after spending that much time working behind bars. God, it, it is a preservative, you know. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm forty one. So um, so yeah, I did twenty years. Um, in in bars, um, and uh, yeah, I, I was kind of interested. I did hotel work, stuff like that, yeah. Um, yeah. all sorts. Um, and then Not- Nauticus was a very whiskey focused, whiskey yeah, heavy yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. Was that the first kind of big whiskey heavy venue you were at? Uh, no, um, I actually I went to Australia. I worked at um, a bar called Thomas Olive, which no longer exists. It was like a, a little speakeasy thing. Uh, very in at the time. Yeah. yeah. Really, really a big thing. It's kind of gone out of favour again now, but it was like a kind of speakeasy style cocktail bar um, with focus on whiskey. Um, the idea at that time was to have maybe about 15 whiskies and just make them really good and yeah. just switch them out every time. If we would, um, when we'd sell a bottle, we'd use the money from that to buy the next one. Right. So, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's class. I mean, and we had no money. But and, and that way you would get to know 
all 15 bottles oh, yeah. you get so into them yeah. that's like such a fun especially in that kind of hipstery space yeah, at the yeah, time yeah, yeah. people would have loved that I mean like, yeah. what are you drinking this week well I've sure. just got this in this replaced what you had last yeah, week yeah, yeah. like that's something that again we've mentioned it a few times a, a brand ambassador or a bartender who's into the product is the best brand ambassador yeah, you, can, you can get so yeah. there's no doubt if you believed in a whiskey that week it would have sold so much faster 100% yeah and then Edinburgh how'd you yeah. end up in Edinburgh um well, it, it was all kind of through Australia, really. Um, the, what, we, what I was drinking there, well, the first jam I had there that I, uh, the first scotch that I actually liked was uh, a Brooklady um, 10, uh, the old one um, from a few, few years back. Um, and that just, I fell in love with it. Uh, th- of those, like, 20 whiskies or so that we had on the back bar, um, I'd say, like, 12 of them were Brooklady. We'd sell one and then we'd, like, work our way up and, uh, until eventually we had, like, Black Art. Right. And I was like, right, okay, this, cool. is, this is, like, a $100 dram, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I came back to Ireland after I was kicked out of Australia for overstaying my visa. <laughs> it's a classic story. It happens really. quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Yes, I did a year there and then came here um, for a holiday with some pals. Um, a guy called Eddie Brooke, who uh, was found, founding a distillery back in Australia um, with Jim McEwen. Um, so he was coming to Australia and he was doing a, a tour basically to visit all the distilleries and see uh, how, how people did it. And, know, for, how, and for listeners, Jim McEwen is was the godfather mm, when right. it comes to, yeah. particularly with Brucladic, you know. You're saying that the bar was ended up being 50% Brucladi. If you look at what an interesting collection from one distillery, that's the distillery that mm. released thousands of bottles, different casts, different yeasts, actually very forward thinking. Yeah. For a distillery yeah. that was founded in 1888, right. they've done a rye. Like yeah. they're, playing, they're playing around with modern stuff now. Yeah. And so that's such a cool... And Jim McEwen is kind of seen as the... Right. If, if, if it got his name on the bottle, yeah. you bought that Brucladi. Yeah. It's amazing the... The whiskey scene in Australia seems to be the starting point for so many people that we've yeah. had on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. We had George Keeble, yeah. and, and of course, well, he's, Simon Smith is Australian, yeah. but yeah. at the same time, it was yeah, whiskey yeah. in Australia that mm-hmm. was starting. He was and, distilling at Starward, right? That was, George Keeble yeah. yeah. distilled yeah. yeah. at Starward. Yeah, went to Starward and distilled there. Um, and it's just that, it, 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 being on the other side of the world, and it has mm. its own distilleries, which we probably take for granted a little bit, That you know, because in Scotland, and I'm guilty of it myself, we are the only whiskey producer in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, when you look at the Japanese, Taiwanese, yeah. um, Indian whiskies, Australian whiskies, even just through doing this podcast, my mind and eyes have been opened up massively mm. to the the world of whiskey. And as I said, yeah. we can be quite protective of it. I yeah. feel sometimes we're protective yeah. of it, which is maybe not a bad thing in some cases. When we'll move on to some of the uh, numbers that Scotch Whiskey, uh, the Scotch Whiskey Association have released, released today, today yeah. as we're recording. But anyway, so... You this went, is where it gets complicated. Right, you went into on trade then, or yeah. were you work so by, were you working? Well, sorry, you visited Edinburgh for a holiday. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it was like a whiskey tour, so we, we did like Glenjonach. Um, oh, that was the only one I really remember now. But uh, we we enjoyed ourselves. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, Andrew Dower. Yeah, yeah, she's like my favourite distillery that was ever ever been built. Um, yeah. Uh, we did like this big tour um, all around Scotland. Uh, Eddie wanted to see just kind of how how they did visitor centres and all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, doing that basically just 
just I was like I'm, I'm, moving, here. I'm yeah. moving here you know yeah. I, I got it um, like the first night we came to Scotland I we walked into Devil's Advocate and, okay. and yeah um, and we had a dram there and I was like this this is it. I'm I'm home. Yeah, I'm, I'm living. I'm I'm moving here. And quite a cool bar scene as well. Yeah, and very yeah, heavy, exactly. heavily whiskey focused. You yeah. end up down in Leith. Are you yeah. living in Leith? Well, did Nauticus just come up sporadically? Like, how, how did how did that opportunity arise? Well, I I walked into we walked into Devil's Advocate that day. Myself, and my pal Alan, and uh, we um, we fell in love with it, and we we're like, well, we got to move back here. Um, we're gonna work at this bar. Oh, and yeah? That's what we did. Um, you know, a few months later, <laughs> that's uh, pretty good. <laughs> we tidied everything up, and we were like, right, we're we're over. Um, and we did. And we we Alan came first, and um, it was great. We loved it. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, just kind of serving whiskey to Americans is great. Oh, you know, easy. All about it. Oh, <laughs> great. They're, just, great. they're so and enthusiastic. You I know? live for it. Oh. I'd love for somebody to say, you know, how do I actually pronounce that? I yeah. say, well, buddy, let me put a voice for you here. Let's put a leg up. They just, there's such enthusiasm yeah. at an adult age. <laughs> it yeah. could be accomplished multi-millionaire, you know, <laughs> businessman, um, or a couple of old ladies from Ohio, yeah. and they'll come over for the first time, and they'll give you, you know, we just want your time. Yeah. And if you're enthusiastic about whiskey you will go out and learn more about it so yeah. you've got that more to give and you earn more money from it you know if you get better service from American clientele yeah, you, earn, you earn more money and that, that, was, that was a big there's thing there's a learning well. process involved I think oh, yeah. you know deep down we all kind of there is a I mean without getting too technical on it but there's an element of sort of like dopamine hits that you get in your mm-hmm. brain from learning new things mm-hmm. when you have an interest in something and the closer you can go to the source where the, ref- the sources and referencing that you get from somebody is yeah. Well, look, I've worked in the industry, so I know firsthand that this is X, Y, and Z. You're not reading it on a blog, you're not watching it on a yeah. Facebook video, you're not maybe listening to it on a podcast yeah. or anything like that. You're actually hearing it from the horse's mouth. And that element of, wow, I'm let, because you can bet you a penny to a pound. Yeah. Most people who go home, and we, we've maybe touched upon it a little bit on the podcast before, is there's often a lot of, uh, what shall we call it, whiskey flexing. Right mm. when when you're back amongst your pals, mm. and uh, you've maybe just been to a distillery or you've just spoken to somebody or or you know I'm I'm bad for it or good for it you in some way. You buy a bad Cascalinders Abbey no. or something. <laughs> no, bad bad for it or good for it in my sense. Uh, where you know uh, amongst some of our friends, Angus, that mm. we socialise with, that, that they're not they like a whiskey, yeah. but they're not whiskey enthusiasts. So what's quite nice is to bring them to a bar like. The athletic arms, or go to Nauticus, or someplace like that, and be the person that can go. Help them pick them out. I'll yeah. pick them out. And you, have you ever tried, like, for example, you, you might say to someone, "Have you ever tried a Glen Caddam?" Yeah. No, you'll like this one. Yeah. Try that, and they go, "Wow!" And then you're able to go a little bit of information about 100%. the distillery, and you suddenly feel like, well, suddenly the the the, the expertise of the group. I am the top of the, yeah. the tree. So when you've got like tourists that will go home and go, well, I actually mm-hmm. spoke to a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who told me this, 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 and this? When they're amongst their pals, yeah, in the pub. they get that buzz. Yeah. And I think what you said, you know, when you learn something new, you get that kind of hit, that dopamine mm. hit. There's something about, and maybe it's just enjoying service. There's also something about telling people about what you're passionate about. Yeah, passionate on that, yeah. Look, we do a podcast for a reason, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. you work. You've a big thing with communication. You get a satisfaction from communicating and almost selling. A product you're proud of, and a country yeah. you're proud of, and mm. something you're you're really um, 
I think really proud to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be counted in the numbers for my job now as somebody who works in the whiskey industry. But I do work in the whiskey yeah. industry and I have since I was 18 and I'm really bloody proud of that. Yeah. And yeah. so I posted something at Christmas that said, that, you know, uh, Merry Christmas everybody, I'm really glad to be living in my favourite city. I love living in Edinburgh and working in the greatest industry in the world yeah, because yeah. you don't have to go far. Although we've said it a few times, it is a really small industry if you make the effort. Of course. If you make the effort, you can meet anybody you want. Absolutely. You know, it's not, and there isn't really that much pretentiousness for the people that work in it. It's more pretentiousness to the, pe- the people that consume it. Well, I think it's as well, because there can't be many jobs you've got left to actually work in. <laughs> 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 well, I, think I think a lot of people that do work in, in sales or mm. as an ambassador or work in the on-trade, one thing that people always have an extra what to scratch is to work in, in production and, you want to make the product and operations about, yeah. and it's something that's incredibly hard to do yeah, uh, it's so competitive yeah. um, most people from all over the world are coming to Edinburgh Herrick Watt to learn brewing and yeah. selling in the first place so this lucky swine sitting next to me well, well, obviously you earn your own luck but it's other things well, we, did we, you were, we were discussing it how because you never, you know, you didn't study bringing into selling. I, I did an online course during the okay. pandemic. Oh, amazing! Yeah, the, yeah. Um, so it was either that or being able to like marry your pals. Yeah, <laughs> you become an ordained minister. It's either that or I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll yeah. learn bringing yeah. into selling. And and so did you always want to get into operations into production? Is that, no. No. How does that happen? Because oh, yeah. there's an there's there's less glamorous <laughs> side of working in production yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. like a lot of people think it would be. You know, rainbows and lollipops. There's a yeah. lot of brand ambassadors that would, you know, pull the skin off their face if they were in production because it yeah. can. There's so many intricacies, a lot of pressure, but also uh, it can be a little bit repetitive unless you're at a very forward-thinking distillery as well. Yeah. So, tell us about that. How did yeah. you? Why did you do that course in lockdown? And then, how the hell did you get into a brand new distillery in Edinburgh? Yeah. Well, well, I, I was I was working at uh, Nordicus at the time. Um, I'd moved there for kind of a lifestyle change, really, because the hours were better. I was working four days a week. Nice. Mm-hmm. And my pals were working there. It was brilliant. It was the most fun I've ever had, I think, working in bars. It was, guys were so much fun. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, pandemic. Uh, we went into the first lockdown. There was no, um, there was no uh, furlough at that time initially. If you were working bars at the same time, so you, you, do you remember it? Like, there was a couple of hairy weeks there. Oh, yeah. Which, well, look, we won't relive the whole thing, but, uh, yeah. but even trying to reopen, I remember with the laws of you know you have to serve food, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's liquid brutal. focused bars that, that we were in were like, what are we gonna yeah. do? Yeah, you're getting told one, you know, people were being told that uh, you can stay open, but don't go. You know, it's like, yeah. All right. So how do you work with that? Yeah. And then they put it on the eat out. That didn't help liquid bars, that didn't help, no. didn't help the diggers no. because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because your toasty wasn't a significant meal so you went to this, <laughs> you, these, places, these places had to stay closed. Yeah. Well the interesting thing was, I, I can't remember who we've had on the podcast mm. previously and I don't know whether it was Colin Hines or, um, and they actually said that whiskey tastings Suited. Our food. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, but they said whiskey tasting suited the lockdown yeah. Um, yeah. government yeah. regulations because what they were able to do was you were able to suddenly say in a room like the one we were sitting in just yeah. now, all right, it is quite small, but what you were able to do is set it up where you two are sitting there, you two are sitting there, two mm. there, two there, two there, two there. Everyone gets a dram served yeah. at the point, so there's no going to the bar or anything like that, and then you can bring somebody in mm. to talk through. So whiskey tasting is kind of maybe not in the first phase of the lockdown which you're talking about but mm. as things started to ease off yeah, yeah. 
whiskey tastings became more of a yeah. an accessible thing to be able to I do. Mean, I think the most impressive thing with whiskey tastings through the pandemic is a lot of people starting their own things, a lot of people yeah. I'd never heard of Zoom. Yes, yeah. but, but the Zoom tastings and stuff that you've done with yeah. your friends, your family, yeah. and I remember speaking to um, Brian Kinsman from yeah. Glenfiddich, and he mm. said that him and another couple, I'm not going to call him an old boy, but we'll say another couple of gentlemen in Midwest Lothian started doing a Zoom call tasting every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and look at Cody Reynolds, I mean, he set up basically a site, a website, yeah. which yeah. identified all the stuff that was going on so that if you are, you could sign up and you could see so interesting, every night of the week. A really difficult time. And certainly yeah. a time that I wouldn't want to think, do you know what? I'd be itching to go back and speak yeah, to people. No. But you wanted to get, you wanted to knuckle down and study and you may yeah. also make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was partly like my, uh, my wife, who was my fiance at the time, uh, she, uh, yeah, she was, well, she was had to work basically. Um, so we were in a one bed flat. Uh, she was sitting there on, on the computer all day. And, yeah. uh, and I was kind of hanging out on the sofa. I was like, well, am I going to sit here and, and like play video games all day <laughs> while my wife's working? <laughs> so you wish you could, but you were a little bit afraid. I get it. <laughs> Drop over cups of tea and stuff every now and then. It's like, no, I, I can't do this. I've I got to do something. So yeah. I did um, the Institute of Brewing and Distilling online course, the general mm-hmm. certificate, mm-hmm. Uh, which was classic. Do like, you recommend that? Is that something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From a, from an, it's interesting when you look at people that do these courses. I mean, I know there's like whiskey diplomas that you can do. Yeah. Mm. And you can look at it from, do you do this from the point of view? We've had uh, Megan Murdoch on talking about the WSETs mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and saying like, what's the balance? Is it people that are doing it because they just are interested, so they want yeah. to learn about the process, or is it people that are doing it because maybe they're like you, they want to get involved in the industry, yeah. or maybe there's people who are already in the industry and this is the sort of upskilling that they require to yeah. go, to go yeah. further? I mean, it's, it's hard to say with the IBD because uh, I was on my own, basically. Yeah. You know, there, there, was, there wasn't classes, there was no teacher. No. You just get sent to material and, mm. and you go through it and you do kind of an online exam, you know. And... Mm. Um, so in that way, it was pretty tough. I mean, I think the normal IBD, you do meet an actual instructor, you go to a distillery, yeah. all that. Um, but yeah, at that time, it was obviously pandemic and everything, everything was weird. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was good. It's very production focused. Like it's really like, there's a lot of, there's a whole section on effluent, uh, stuff like this. That's not stuff you're going to get elsewhere yeah. for better or worse what's know, effluent like, then <laughs> effluent is, is distillery runoff man like oh it's it's a long section i'll right. just tell, tell you that um but yeah uh it's you know it's not a fun course let's say it's, it's, i mean <laughs> I, if you I, like I, chemistry if you're genuinely yeah. interested in production yes and, and, and look you know it must have taken quite a serious amount of self-belief as well because you still come out with that even with that qualification mm. and going everybody that's your competition what have they done yeah. They're all doing brewing and selling it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the entire Scottish whiskey industry is run by these yeah. people who have come from all over the world to get this degree, mm. which makes it all the more impressive and obviously shows self belief in the character. And obviously, you've done bars and on trade mm. for a long time, which I think is something that a lot of people miss. A lot of people, you know, you still need a personality. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll be totally, totally honest. Right? I, I said uh, I've got a, I've got a Stillman coming on the mm. podcast. Yeah. And somebody said, <laughs> well, uh, somebody said, must be struggling. For <laughs> quality, <laughs> that wasn't an argument. And, that, and that. that's because, and that's because the idea, uh, certainly yeah. the, the historic idea yeah. of an operator, um, which is the term we used in Diageo, was 
it was somebody who didn't even need to like whiskey. Yeah, just um, know the I, I had a great guy at Glen Kinch who ex- collected exotic cats. That was what you were interested in. Um, but, it, 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 you know, in big distilleries, if you're working at these distilleries that aren't open and blah, 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 it's like being working in a factory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's and, it's and a production so, line, and isn't so it? So in a way, you tell somebody, "Oh, I've got a salmon come on." You go, no. "So that could be mm. a fifty-five-year-old guy that's done this job for forty years and has never drank whiskey in his life." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, no, this guy's a legend. This guy's actually yeah, a good guy. I know him yeah. from the sesh. Yeah. I know him <laughs> from on train, <laughs> which is like, oh, okay, no, must be good." Said, it's fine. Yeah, 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 this guy's an alpha. Drink responsibly. So you've done the you've done the course. You've learned the process. But you've got no experience. Yeah. You've got no I, I'm, I'm, hands-on I mean, work yeah. that you've I, ever done at a bar selling the stuff. Yeah. But in terms of making the stuff, so when it no, comes I, to... I, I visited, like, I'd, I'd say about 50 odd distilleries mm-hmm. at that time. You know, I, I, I love going to distilleries. Yeah. Just, that's my favourite thing to do. Ruin yeah. every holiday. I go yeah. on with my wife, you know, it's just... Me too. Thank you, sir. You're, you're, oh, looking at, you're looking at the still pots. And uh, <laughs> but uh, whereas I'm I'm at high camp, <laughs> but I'm looking at the um, I'm at the, did you do any warehouse stuff? <laughs> oh, for God's sake! No, no. I'll tell you know what. Uh, <laughs> we had to avoid it. <laughs> Online warehouse courses sound oh, up my. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so do, have you got a fort life license? I, feel like got, you do. I do have a fort. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> fort life license. God damn it! I've got plenty of that. Right, it's but, bullshit in the woods. Right, so so you didn't do any warehouse stuff online, no. Uh, yeah, there was some some weird about uh, warehousing, but uh, you know it's really like operation stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of I think the idea is to bring you up to up to speed with like the mechanics of, of yeah, the story really. If um, I was to set up a website for online that I got only casks. <laughs> <laughs> what we need to do? That's is get TM, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's our idea. Onlycasks.com. <laughs> I don't want Sponsor, any. Yeah, uh, podcast yeah. sponsored by Only Casks. Yeah. But right, so, so but right, yeah, sorry. So you're visiting distilleries all the time on holidays. Yeah. You're kicking tires. You're doing the thing. You're being well, the guy. You're shaking hands. You're getting known. Yeah. At the same time. Well, yeah. Are you being the guy that's on the tours? Just oh, yeah, asking yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, what about, what about oh, the worst? Yeah. The yeah. worst, man. Like hundred percent. Because I, 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 I like to know how things work. You know, yeah. the kind of mechanics of things and the, uh, all this sort of stuff. And I really want to get into the, the details of it. And uh, yeah, worst person to be on a right. on a tour. Um, horrible. I I accept that. Right. I apologise for it. I, I should probably tell people beforehand. I, I've kind of learned now just to shut up. I just yeah. just ask questions afterwards if I need to. But um, but yeah, I, was, I was go to distilleries and um, and you'd always see the stillman or the mashman or woman, uh, and they they are bored. Like they they look like people doing, uh, you know, working in a factory. Production line, yeah. I mean, it's factory. It is yeah. a factory. And, and often, like, they, they, they often look bored, really. And I was like, this isn't for me. I don't want to make whiskey. I'll drink it and I'll sell it and I'll yeah. talk to people about it. I'll, I'll be enthusiastic, but I don't ever want to make it. And, um, uh, and then the pandemic came and... Uh, I did the course. I was like, "Oh, this is actually really interesting, yeah. Yeah. and it'd be cool to to do it," you know. Um, and the job came up for a trainee distiller at uh, Hollywood, which is like, I mean, I was living in Leeds at the time. I mean, like, for a, for a whiskey, for a job in whiskey yeah. to land on your lap oh. on your doorstep, yeah. like that's the thing. Because yeah. I mean, when you well, think about yeah. it, I, I, I mean, yeah, and 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 when you got that. Um, 
degree where you, I mean, you made the decision at it some point. It definitely wasn't a degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 not a degree. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. When you yeah. when you when you done that, because people do do the yes. degree. Yeah, yeah. But when you finished that course, was that you in your mind thinking this is something I'm hundred percent going to get into, or was it still a case of this is just an option to me, or? And, and, yeah. and, and when you did decide, was it a case of I could go anywhere with this, or was it more just that the job, the right job, came up in the right place at the right time? I think it was a bit of that. Um, I mean, mm. I I think I needed to do something. You know, I'm I'm mm. I'm the sort of person who like I constantly need to be doing something. Yeah, 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 yeah. it would have driven me crazy. It was I was driven out of my mind during the lockdown, and mm. you know, whereas like I was like doing home brewing and. Just everything like um, I was getting into terraria. What? <laughs> you know, to what? Yeah, to making terrariums. So I would make a, a, a whiskey bottle and I would plant plants in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, empty whiskey. Do you have like animals so in it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've seen ones with them. Yeah. Did you plant I, a I never that Did you ever do it? But have you have you got ones that you planted that you've still got on the go, have yeah, not added yeah. water in yeah, since? Yeah, yeah. yeah, two of them. Yeah. Does, Any particular? Actually, they've been like four, four years, Any four or five years yeah. old now. Any particular bottles that make a good terrarium? Um, yeah, the signatory vintage uh, <laughs> bottles, the old decanter style. Yeah, yeah. I have a, a Klein Leash uh, single cask, a uh, 21-year-old <laughs> single cask that was That's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, fascinating. For fuck's sake, we've got a boy here that makes whiskey <laughs> on the podcast, and I just hear asking questions about planting, putting plants and bottles. It's all relevant. The opportunity comes up at Holyrood, the mm, yeah. to sell it, which, again, even in itself, is, a, is perhaps a bit of a, a rare role yeah. to see, because a lot of people, because of the competition and a big distillery, money-making, they don't want a new trainee operations yeah, yeah. they they want oh we'll, we'll take a stillman yeah. or well or a still woman yeah. somebody who's been in still operations yeah. um for a lot of time it's funny it's all the books are just referred to yeah, you're no, not a stillman at all you're probably an yeah. operator yeah. Yeah. really is more professional yeah. uh, especially because one thing you do have at hollywood is a lot of female operators yeah we, we, I, we, I, we, I actually remember the first time i really noticed mm. um hollywood on on social media was a girl called isla who i think is one of your operators um no, she's she's working brand home. Uh, we've uh, uh, Vicky is Vicky, one of the okay. operators. I, I, I remember there was a day on Instagram where somebody mm. had moved from the Scotch Whiskey Experience or from maybe from Johnny yes. Walker House, Sorry, yeah. and it was the first day mm. in the in the cellar that it was all all women in. Yes, that's right. Oh, and I was yeah. like, and that's great for industry. I was, I've never like, no, I literally, I've seen it. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. How have I never? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have I never heard of that before? Yeah. How have I never seen that before? what these guys are doing is, is different and, that, and it also falls into mm. he's got a distillery job in Edinburgh well yeah, he's, he's not having to go to well if, not, if the same, if the same job had come up in Orkney he would have you'd have, you'd you would have, have, have been you would have had to right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I didn't have a fiance at the time no, but <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, let's talk for people who are, I mean because mm. personally speaking it's on our doorsteps in Edinburgh yeah, yeah. but Holyrood Distillery is not something that I'm very familiar with yeah, yeah. Um, you're drinking a, a dram that You've been. Have you been part of the process of making that, uh, or or that you work? You, in? you guys selected that. But yeah, the point was, is that it was made before my time. But uh, but yeah, we. It's kind of a, a bit of a group effort to to make. So in terms of the, the distillery, then yeah. Holyrood. It's in it's in Edinburgh. It's, mm-hmm. it's in the Holyrood 
area, which I believe now... It's, it's, oh, it's in a kind of old town towards the meadows, isn't Pleasant, it? kind of, yeah. I mean, right. it's Hollywood Park. It's on the very edge of Hollywood Park. Right. It's basically places. around the corner from the Tipsy Midgey. Yes. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk us through the history of the Hollywood distillery then. What is the history of Is it a new distillery? Is it an old distillery that's been revamped? Is it what's the what's the sort of outlook of the distillery? What are the what are the production lines so, like and things like that? Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it's a, a new distillery. Twenty nineteen September twenty nineteen they opened, right. um, just before lockdown, um, and then, uh, but it's in a building that was the engine house for the Innocent Railway. Okay. So so it's an old building. It looks kind of like a, a malting house or something. You know, it's, it looks like malt floor, malt barn. Um, Kind of long and thin building with little windows and and it, yeah. It, it doesn't look it, out of place being a distillery at no, all. No, 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 no. I think that was maybe the point. And is there a history behind Holyrood Distillery? Was there one there previously, or is it just a completely no, brand new distillery that's opened up? It is a brand new distillery. Right. Um, there were breweries there. Okay. Uh, like if if you kind of know a bit about your your whiskey history um, for Edinburgh, like the you know Lowlands were, in, you know, city distilling especially was was quite infamously bad um, yeah. you know they had these like flat bottom still, yeah. stills and stuff where they would they'd make whiskey as quick as they could um, and and you know it was often poisonous it was just yeah. you were basically boiling it as fast as possible um, which is the opposite to what and if I'm right in saying from a historical <coughs> point of view mm. the lowland whiskies mm. were given much more beneficial taxing yeah. which yeah, is yeah. hence the reason why the highland stuff was always still illicit mm. stills yeah. that were running going back to the drama that I'm having which is why the Glenlivet was always seen as the the mark of a pure what now albeit Glenlivet in today's regions would have been a Speyside but at the time it was more like it's highlands and it's lowlands yeah. and basically the mark of a proper King George the what, fourth, I guess was it? Who mm-hmm. came to George the fourth, George yeah. the fourth said, uh, you know, the real Glenlivet, mm. which was wasn't about the distillery. It was about the region because yeah. it was a, and it was yeah. illicit as well at that time. Mm. But as and that was probably again from a historical point of view, what brought in made Edinburgh such a, a like a, a hotbed for blenders. Mm. Yeah, because for a lot of people. Drinking this, this, the stuff that they were producing, the spirit that they were producing was so bad that it had to be blended with other things to try and take the taste and make it a little bit more. I think, I think rather than it being so bad, I mm. think the answer was that it was what was selling as well. Yeah. Nobody was drinking malt whiskey, and I think as well, Scotland going through an industrial period of shipbuilding in Glasgow and yeah. such, having a big grain distillery. Mm. Pumping like, you know, these big chimneys and uh, terrible for the environment. Yeah, nobody mm. was nobody was concerned. No, we're no. building ships and we're making grain, mm. and it was all disappearing. It was all mm. making us money, mm. and that was the answer. I, I was mm. there's a great book called Scotch Mist, mm. um, which anybody who's interested in Scotch whisky actually should buy. Um, we are looking for sponsorship, Scotch Mist. There you go. There you go. Graham, I've watched all the first person. Yeah. No, and, and what I love about it is reading a whole section on Edinburgh. And it gets updated every now and yeah. then if they find more artefacts or more mm. history about them. And 
you know, malt whiskey distilling wasn't a good idea. And it's funny, you can walk around Edinburgh with this book and see the old distilleries. One yeah. in the Dean Village, for example, yeah. is a malt whiskey distillery yeah, right. that used... You can see the Bonington, flat... You can, actually, you can now see the flat that it was. Bonington's um, another one that's sort of... Yeah, it's revamped. It's yeah, yeah, And the Dean Village distillery used the water of leaf as a water source. Yeah. Now, you, <laughs> now, now, people that don't know Edinburgh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. The water of leaf's not... Yeah. <laughs> it's not water you anyways yeah. poor, the poor ducks <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but it's one of those things that, mm. that history was that everybody maybe thought distilling mm. was good it was always an individual businessman who said yes yeah, or distillery yeah. but even the biggest distilleries historically somebody like Cambus a now closed mm. green yeah. distillery they started as a malt distillery in, the low, in Alawa mm-hmm. um, and then after about 30 years of business we're like right this isn't working. We'll mm. change it. We'll change to becoming a grain distillery because that's where the money. Works. Well, great, yeah. great. I mean, and, when you look at camera, when you look at some of the top grain distilleries in Scotland, they are lowland distilleries. In yeah. the sense, you've got you're just a stone. They're almost all lowland distilleries. Other than Invergordon, like what's the one? At, what's the Grants one? Like Gervin? Uh, you've got Gervin yeah, and, and you've got Gervin and you've got Maybe. North British. Cameron, and, Cameron yeah. Brig. Mm. Cameron Brig and obviously you've got Rosile, which mm. is kind of big malt distillery, which kind of changes that as well. Mm. But the, oh, most of the grain distilleries were located yeah. in the lowlands because you needed mm. warehouse space. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it was all just about pumping mm. up as much. Well, yeah, Cameron yeah. Bridge is 105 million litres a year. Yeah, mm. um, madness. I don't know this for a fact, but Tankery Gin is almost definitely Cameron Bridge, for example, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's and it's a it's a grain distillery yeah. for, for for Diageo malts. Yeah. It's, it's it's colossal. Yeah. You think that the biggest single malt distillery in Scotland, uh, Glenlivet or Glenfinnich, being about twenty one million litres a year, yeah. which is crazy, by the way. Yeah. Twenty one million, million litres is crazy. A grain distillery of one hundred and five million litres a year. Yeah. That is yeah. it's hard to comprehend. No, yeah, if I'm right in saying that's, that's, that's a year's production. For us, it would they do in, in like a day or so? Wow, like it's so, insane. Yeah, your, capa- your capacity will be less than a million. Uh, it, oh, it's it's uh, two with last year record two hundred and thirty nine thousand liters. There you go. So. Now, just just very quickly, a whiskey story of mm. now I believe it might be the North British Distillery mm-hmm. was in the was it the fifties when Grants owned by William Grant and Sons were about to launch one of the first television adverts mm. for their whiskey. I believe they were told by now who owned North British? Was it DCL that owned North British? Partly owned by Edrington. I can't remember I can't remember who owned it at the time, but basically they got their grain. Grant's yeah. got their, their single grain stock from North British. I might be wrong on this, yeah. so it was a distillery. A, a, a grain distillery and they were told that if you put a TV advert out you will not get any more stock yeah. from us <laughs> so then they bought an old munitions uh, factory in Gervin and built in two years built their own grain yeah, distillery which, which, is crazy. which I mean, then produced the speed, the, yeah. and they were able to then say well we don't need it yeah. anymore and we, can, we yeah. don't need your the, stock the speed and that at which they built Gervin in the 60s is, is hard yeah. people probably don't comprehend Two, two years to, from from opening it's to unbelievable. It. But then when um, you look back at the William Grant's and sons, the William Grant story about him building distilleries on Christmas Day and yeah, all yeah, these yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things, it, it's not surprising either, is it? And but, they actually started a malt distillery on the same site as well yeah. in 1966, right? Um, called Ladyburn. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. And so it's kind of a really, really. If we've got any very, very wealthy listeners, Ladyburn. <laughs> We're still looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Lady Byrne, I think, I, I think was 90s, I think it was 66, maybe 65, but it was operational for only nine years yeah. on that Gervin site. And it's, uh, I, I'm desperate to go and visit Gervin, see Ailsa Bay and what yeah, they do yeah. there now, see the Gervin site, but also just, mm. if the building's still standing, they used to have Lady Byrne. It's, it was... It's, just, it's one of those romantic stories yeah, in West Ham. I'm like, only operation for nine years. I've seen bottles all over. You're, you're, head of, you're, 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 you're head of research. What, <laughs> what the fuck are you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not much time on these planes. But what we should deep dive into, I think the opportunity we have, you you got the mm. opportunity at Hollywood. Yes. We must have some production questions. Right, yes. this is, I, I, I want to get into this. To the point. No, I want no, to speak no. to the Senor de Stella. So we start right. maybe with the whiskey that we're, that we're saying yes. that we're both drinking yeah. and go back to Angus's question. You said you're on the website for cask offerings. So, yes. yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Well, I was also going to say, you know, bringing it back to, you know, being in Edinburgh, we're talking mm-hmm. about these kind of, you know, illicit, quickly, you know, quickly making it as much yeah. as possible. And also these big grain distilleries. Mm. What, what you've got at Holyrood is something completely in contrast to that. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, would it, be, would it be fair to say you're almost like a craft distillery or is that yeah. a word you would stay I, away from? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a word you necessarily use. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, I mean it's yeah. probably yeah. true. Um, yeah, because you're not you're not you're, you're not you're not doing something that maybe some of the big single malt yeah. distilleries are doing. You're yeah. producing, you know, aged. You know, and I, mean, I know you're kind of way down that so yeah, way yeah, down yeah. line. You're producing kind of, <laughs> twelve year old, fifteen year old aged. You know, you're doing things with yeast. You're doing things yeah. with different kinds yeah. of wort. You're playing around with the production process mm. to produce different things rather than say. You know, um, distilleries now. Obviously, we see so much in the maturation process. Yes, you're taking it right back to production yeah. and yeah. doing different things there. So different kinds of yeasts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, different kinds of warts. So just yeah. you know, different species. First, first of all, what's a wart? What is a wart yeah. or a wort? Yeah. Um, so wort. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically the the sugary malt uh, liquid. Uh, so when you when you first mash in, you combine hot water with uh, with ground up uh, barley, which has been malted, mm-hmm. and that is wort basically. So, so it's just sugary, very sugary fluid. Yeah, exactly. And, and sugar is what's converted into alcohol. So so that's your kind of step one, and then it, it becomes wash um, as it's fermented. Uh, mm. So we have, have liquid yeast um, holidays. Uh, we do liquid and dried. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so we, again, even that's so quite different. Not many, not many people do both liquid I mean, and, and like, dried. To be honest, you know, I, I think um, most most big distilleries they they would use distillers yeast and distillers malt um, because they're they're kind of engineered to. Get the most out of them, mm. like the really good flavour and really good uh, alcohol. Quite yield. consistent as yeah, well. Yeah, so consistent. And the sorry, carry yeah. on. Uh, yeah, the, basically the, that's that's their kind of that's what you want out of yeah, You know, yeah. there there's a short list of um, of kind of approved barley strains. Oh, that they, they golden are, promise. Yeah, uh, no, that that wouldn't make it. Is that not made? No, it? I mean, when I say approved, um, I mean that. Uh, <clears throat> there's a, an association which which kind of recommends yeah, uh, yeah. yeast, uh, sorry, malt Bar- strains, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, barley strains, and uh, and there's about three or four on the list. And as a new one comes online, Another that one. gives a better yield or, or is like you know more pest resistant. That get the others get pushed down mm. off the off the list. Um, so so now it's things like. Um, 
was it Optic and Laureate? I think yeah. are the kind of more more kind of common ones. Um, Diablo's quite big, I think. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, I think actually Optic might be. There's a camera there, Ross. We can see. Yeah, yeah. Send me out his phone and like, oh, popular strains of, of I mobile. I know we can Google yeah. as we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm so bored I can share it. So this is Diablo is in. It's all about the Diablo, to be honest. Uh, but uh, when you go to so going back to Angus's question. Mm. Like cloudy and clear yes, yeah. what what's that what's the difference and what does it do so there basically there's, there's so many points at the process in the process where you can make decisions um, and of course like with anything that, that that sends you in one direction or another um, and uh, we're a distillery we don't have a malting so so kind of basically from the, the crushed Grain onwards is is our part of it, and we yeah. can, we can choose what what grain it is, um, but we we can play a lot with that. Um, and one of the elements we've been playing with is cloudy or clear wort. Mm. So it's something you, you you never you'll you'll never see that on a bottle. No, um, because until today, until I saw your website, yeah. saw it advertised as this is a clear wort cast, this is a cloudy wort cast. I'd never seen that before yeah. on anything else. It's yeah. a, it's a production thing, you know. I mean, it's 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 something that. that defines a distillery character maybe mm. but it's not something that it's not something anyone would advertise no no never uh, I so mean, what's it do Wait, so what's it yeah, yeah importantly uh, <laughs> yeah the, the basically it's 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 kind of the difference between like a, a hazy beer and a and a, a clear lager right okay. right so you've got like a bit more body to it and you there are congeners, which are kind of flavour molecules that are car- carried over in the malt. Mm. You, basically, your spirit will taste a bit more cereal, a bit more malty, a bit heavier. If uh, it's a cloudy, yeah. So there was one that was more expensive by you know a significant yeah. amount. Was that the cloudy one? Um, and I can't quite remember. I think it this guy's in operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. 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 There's no way he's going to know the sales. I will, I will say I'm not in sales. <laughs> yeah. but, but yes, it, but yeah, yeah, what's think, interesting is that, okay, yeah. you make this differentiation, yeah. differentiation, but you can sell yeah. the cloudy for more. Well, than it's funny. I think, I think there I were think other there were other elements to it. I think they're different. But you know, it's interesting you can sell that as a premium product. I think, I think that's funny because that will come down to the sales team. I think if you ask a set of operators, would you prefer cloudy? Yeah. They'll be split 50 50 because mm. one person's negative and another person's mm. positive. Yeah, of course. Mm. But then so, also there's an element. But so, so it's one of those things. So yeah. Say, for example, somebody mm. said we were using, somebody had two dramatically different mm. styles of stills mm-hmm. and you like a very light whiskey and we said mm. we're going to use our tallest still and it's going to be very light and fresh, blah, blah, blah. 50% of the audience might say yes, 50% yeah, of the audience yeah, might yeah, say no. One, yeah. So actually the cheaper option might be better suited to our palate yeah. Yeah. and it will be, it will genuinely be a salesperson who's decided which is more expensive. Yeah, I, 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 I will say that there are, there are other elements. I think that one of them had Golden Promise malt, okay. if I, remember, I think, and it was a sherry cask. I, I can't remember. There, there are several different... It almost always comes down of, to the cask, the price, yeah. the price of what you're purchasing. I mean, at the moment, it kind of goes that way, although... Again, I will say because we do so many different recipes, mm. um, and we use all these like kind of traditional heritage malts um, and and varieties that we they can be a lot more expensive. Yeah. Well, that, we talked we talked at the Mill one, um, <coughs> you and and Chris talked about 
the chocolate malt. Mm. Yeah. And it was yeah. batch. It That's was bottle, do, bottle batch mm. number thirteen, I think. I believe mm. it was yeah, from it was these mill hip flasks. Yeah. And they said it was used using uh, heavy roasted, yeah. um, heavy roasted malt. malting, yeah. which was known as chocolate malt. And from yeah. that, the flavour profile that do, mm. does come through. But the interesting thing I want to speak to you about is look. It's been no secret on the on the podcast that I am a big fan of the maturation process yes. because it happens in warehouses. Oh. But, <laughs> but, but, but uh, for some people, that they'll tell you that a good 80% yeah. of the flavour profile comes from the maturation process. That's comes totally from the no. That's unbelievable. I was just about to say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to touch you. I think we're going to have. have. A, I, think, I, think, I think we're really going to disagree on this. Oh, well, but, but, but then, I think you have a more informed opinion. Well, this so. is it. We're speaking to somebody who's in the production line. Now, mm. look, we've had independent bottlers on here, okay, who'll tell you yeah. about re-racking whiskey and what you can mm. do with the flavour profiles yeah. and things like that. There's this. There's there's the there's the element of right maturation is the big part of the process because mm. that's where the where that's where the flavour profile comes from the wood etc. You then got the production side as you're talking about. Um, but also, and again, we've already mentioned it about like the water of Leith and stuff like that. Some people will tell you the flavour <laughs> of our whiskey comes yeah. from our local water source yeah, yeah. and they'll filter through the heather and all mm. this kind of stuff. Where are we on flavour profile then? Can you, can you break? I mean, first of all, let's address the water issue. Yeah. Most Moderate, distilleries, yeah. that, I mean, you're a distillery in the centre of Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that yeah. you'll be taking your water sources from the water of Leith well, our, our water source is uh, is from the Pentlands uh-huh. so mountain springs come down the dew yeah, yeah all yeah, that all the tree plants and when the snow melts it's the same thing that I, I get yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it is right. yeah. I mean so, yeah. you know look Scottish tap water is Bloody brilliant. Yeah, it's it's best, best in the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Scottish tap water. You can have your hat in that, you know? <laughs> <This is laughs> any any Scott will do yeah. the first thing they'll say, you know. Well uh, to, to, to go back to um to go back to some forklift information here. Jesus. <laughs> I, do know a bit. I was waiting for this part. I do know anything I've been doing. When you have a uh, when you have, when, rated no, 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 when you have a ba- <laughs> this is true, that when you have a, a battery powered uh, fort lift. Okay. You need to continuously up, update the water levels in your acid battery, right? Okay. Correct. Yes. The the recommendation from all manufacturers is that you use distilled water, mm. and you always have to say it's distilled water unless it's in Scotland. <laughs> and really? what you, yes, and yeah. the, the manufacturers will, without it saying on the label or anything, like that, they'll say if you're in Scotland, tap water will suffice. Hard soft water. So there you go. When you are topping up, for anybody listening, and you, it's important to do it. And if you do start to smell sulphur from your uh, from your battery, your battery, top up your battery levels of water, ionised because it needs to become ionised and everything like that. So you need to use distilled water. Yeah. Now, so if you're in England, get by your distilled water. Buy your Scotland, distilled water. Or, yeah, but do. <laughs> or boil it and let it cool down. Boil your tap water, yeah. let it cool down, yeah. and that should be fine because that yeah. way that's it. But but, but ultimately, this, but this, this is why, for example, you go down to somewhere like Bath in England and you you have a kettle that's maybe been used for ten years and there'll be a stone in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. because it's the line that's just. Yeah. Yeah. And this is so, so Scottish water mm. source. The the tap water in Scotland yeah. is absolutely incredible that mm. we're getting. But as I say, are we at a position where we can say safely that what you, the water you're using is not coming from, it's not being filtered through the rocks and it's not come through here, it's not come through that, it's coming to the tap. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, I'll, I'll stand by it. Um, 
you know, in a, in a production process, uh, you you use a lot of water, you know. Of course. Um, we, we've our stills are uh, heated by steam, so you have to make you have to use water to make steam, right? And and so you've got a lot of equipment there that would otherwise get scaled. And mm-hmm. so the life of the equipment and the pumps and and the boiler and all that, like it, this is this is kind of a an important issue. If you if you're you know if you're setting up a distillery, you can do it in a hard water area to get for flavour. But mm. good luck to you, man. You're you're spending a lot of money on chemicals and stuff yeah. to treat that water to be able to use it in your plant. Yeah, mm. and I think that's what a lot of distilleries now that are because traditionally, yeah, if you if a distillery was built over a hundred years ago, it will be beside a water source because the water yeah. would have been used for the production and also for the running. Whereas now, what they do is, I think. I mean, there'll be people that might be completely screaming at their radios or whatever right now saying, what a load of bollocks. But from my understanding is, yeah, the distilleries to keep the authenticity of we still use the local water source. The they use important. It, no, but the, what they do is to still use it. They mm. use it in the, the heating. Yeah. They don't use it in the... Act, mm. the it's mm. distilled water that's bulk bought that goes into yeah. the actual liquid that's being used to produce the whiskey. It, yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're wanting to heat worm tubs yeah. or wanting to heat this or wanting to heat that, yeah. then that's what that, yeah. the local water yeah. source is yeah, being uh, used in. I mean, like Borders distillery, I think, was there recently, and they, and they just like divert some of their, the water into their um, the condensers, some yeah. of the river water next to them. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's... It, you're absolutely right. Like it's, um, I mean, we have to use uh, uh, what we call demon water. Is demineralized water uh, to for reducing to filter casks and stuff like that, or mm-hmm. any of the anything that might affect flavor. You yeah. know, because it's obviously chlorine and and various other things. Yeah. I mean, that that sort of stuff is distilled off. But um, but so yeah, we can safely say. Water and flavour, there's an element in there, but it's not as big as what Because we've got all the water is so good and so yeah. consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd, in terms, let's go now on to the production mm-hmm. versus the maturation process. So this is, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure, now, uninformed opinion, never properly worked in production. You work at a distillery who are also playing around a lot. Hmm. So I expect you to disagree with me massively. And we're okay, <laughs> okay. I'll still be your pal. <laughs> I definitely said in a previous podcast, and this comes from speaking to people who had worked in operations mm. and people who were blenders of whiskey, people who were ambassadors of whiskey, when it comes from the distillery character, which is maybe comes from their barley, um, I think a big influence is I'm really into stills. The still mm. shape matters. Whether people like it or not, that's just a fact. Still shape really matters. Mm. I said, from 100%, and it's not a great way because it's more complex than this, 20% of the flavour of the whiskey, in my opinion, I said, comes from your character, maybe your barley, maybe your water. Most importantly, probably your fermentation time and size of your stills. Mm-hmm. That would be my, my thought. And then, yeah, five barley, that'd be, yeah, <laughs> good barley, good water, for split for choice. Oh. But I said, that I think 80% of a final product comes from the maturation. Now that's it was a, you can give us a lot longer answer on this, but if you did just have to break it down as a percentage, the best example, the biggest disagreement I ever got was a gentleman who is from Loch Lomond, mm. who of course they are so yeah. focused, yeah, they're the guys. Yeah. because they've got Lomond stills yeah. and because they're doing different cuts and they're they're doing and, everything, and, and, everything, and, and, everything we're doing they probably did twenty years so ago. So again, it was very <laughs> right for them to disagree with me, mm. and he said that he thought sixty um, percent of the character came from. 
the process and only 40% from the cask. Yeah. And my argument was you're buying cheap casks. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so that, yeah. that was a very basic. Yeah. What do you think? As somebody who works in production, at the end of the day, all the process and all the nuances that you're doing definitely makes a difference. And so me saying 20%, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be like, I mean, oh, yeah. it doesn't really matter what you do. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, it's... I don't know how you put a number on it. It's so difficult. Like, you know, how, how could you, right? Yeah. But um, look, it, it's eighty percent is the cask if you want it to be. Yeah. That's and the that's final. The point, I, think, you know? I think here's the thing. I'll, I'll, we'll caveat this with the final product. The final product. I think the cask is more influential. However, one thing that we've not had the opportunity to do, and something that you'll be doing very often, is having the different having a difference in the spirit. Mm. So yeah. you can try spirit. With different yeast, different well, barley, yeah. jelly, it comes, it comes and, down and so you'll probably see quite a significant difference in that. I'm a, huge. I'm well, a, I we had a, I had a set of your new makes, mm. yeah, um, right, yeah, with yeah. the chocolate malt, and yeah, and, yeah. and, and it, it was different. Yeah. yeah, for me, stills are the biggest difference for texture. I'm really obsessed mm. with texture. So yeah, we fat stills something really chewy. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that, even if it's a lighter style of whiskey. Um, but yeah, I mean. What Connor right. said about it, it can be if you want it to be, because yeah. you can over sherry a whiskey, you can over yeah, whiskey, and, and you can you can. You, over- you've, you've talked in this cast about like your overcooked whiskies, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, you leave something in the cask for 40 years, it could be well, anything. It could be anything. You, know, I, you go, oh, that was a belter of a whiskey. So you, you're not going to put a number on it, but will you stand by your production line and yeah. say that production Well, you know, you, you, make, you make the right choices through, through that process, you know. Like, there, there are really so many ways you can affect the flavour. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I suppose, I mean, I think of it like cooking, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say you you, you make uh, a pasta or something, right? Yeah. And if you make the pasta by hand and you choose good eggs, uh, you know, cheap zero zero flour, and you you know you you do it all right, and then you boil it in like super salty water, and then you add like a, a bit of olive oil, good quality olive oil, and you eat that. Your tasting is the flat is. Is the pasta, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you cover it in sauce. Yeah, yeah. You, you chuck a little bit like super hot, so, hot it's sauce. It's going to taste like hot sauce. No, you're right. But then I suppose and, yeah, and the, right. cask, the cask is almost too powerful in, in that yeah. situation. Well, it can be. Yeah. I, I had a really good be. conversation with a friend, um, um, a man called John Sterling, who owns the RBQ distillery. Mm. And he's a massive believer in barley making a difference. Yeah, I remember, I remember the first time. Five barley, probably. Yeah. The first, <laughs> they grow their own. They actually grow their own barley. So, so I won't make that much. Of the Arbique estate, so kind of uh, Montrose or Brough kind of. Ah, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not far. It's, it's, it's very, it's very east. Yes, it's yeah. maybe, even, maybe even more eastern than Fife. Yeah. Uh, some parts of Fife. Okay. Um, but he had this big thing. You know, they've not released any malt whiskey. They're probably mm. going to wait. Maybe fifteen years, they're saying they've, mm-hmm. got, they've got eight-year-old malt whiskey that nobody's ever tasted, mm. which I think is yeah. quite funny because we've had all these new distillers release stuff. And he says, you know, we've grown species of genetically modified yeah. species of barley or unique species of barley on our farm that nobody else has. Mm. If that whiskey ends up being outstanding, of course, we'll know. Then, then that's yeah. fantastic. And yeah. if he says, and if it's not, it's not. But he says what he gets annoyed at is whiskey shows. People saying, "What cask is that? Mm. What blah, blah blah?" And nobody ever asks about the barley. Yeah. Is it something that's underrated in whiskey? 
perhaps, yeah. <laughs> as, a, as an operator, you should, should you think it's massively important? I, I think that's that's where it all starts. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's that's that is, I mean, if you, again, if you choose that, to be the, the main well, star. Do you, you, you talk to it? Sorry, no, you, you, you mentioned about the interesting thing about making the pasta and things like that. Mm. And I think it's important that, and I think one of the beauties of Scotch whiskey and the making of it is that it's a very, very simple process in a mm. lot of things. Yeah. But at the same time, if everything's done right, you get the best end result. Yes. And I think, sure, we can argue all the, the water, the barley, the, the, the process, and the, the, how long it's mature, uh, how long it's uh, mashed for, or the, this is the problem, my, my production, you know, the, the length of the height of the still, yeah. for Christ's sake, we've even F- talked... The length of fermentation. Fermentation. We've even talked about... Arm is one that everyone... Oh, everyone oh, it's, it's over. Oh, what, yeah. I couldn't believe the angle of the line but, but, but the thing is, we've <laughs> talked about it where we've, we've seen... There's a problem with me, though, that's the problem. We, we, but even like some having we, we, Mike Brown last week talking yeah. about the, the rose bank and the worm tub that they use mm. and the yeah. triple distillation... Every single part for every single distillery mm-hmm. makes its little footprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single part has it, yeah, which yeah. makes what you get. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's where we've heard stories about the um, pot stills yeah. being used, maybe if they've got a dent in them, historically. Oh, so you. what they'll do is they'll say, we have to have the exact same dent yeah. in the exact same area because we don't yeah. know whether yeah. that dent creates some kind of difference between yeah. the process. Well, and you two gentlemen last week yeah. tried Rosebank New Make. We did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I have had... Uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of rose banks, but they've only been kind of old GMs. I've never even had the old Flora and Fauna rose bank. Yeah. But you have tried a new, yeah. new make spirit yeah. from an old distillery yeah. where yep. they have had to get new stills. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. They, they are also triple distilling it. They said they're trying to go for something similar, I believe. Yeah, of course. Maybe not exactly the same, but, but it can't be the same. Mm. Now, how did that compare to the new make spirit you tried in the, the 1980s from It's <laughs> <laughs> so hard to say, right? Yeah. But that is. You know, if you had two samples of them side by side, mm. like for a real Sado, mm. Connor Ross, mm-hmm. yeah. we would love that. Well, I, I would love yeah. to try yeah. new meat oh, from yeah. the Rosebank yeah. today and the Rosebank from pre-closure. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, every distillery is going to, you know, even the old distilleries, when I was up in Royal Loch Nagar mm-hmm. about three or four years ago, they were replacing their stills. Mm. Yeah. They had been there, been there for about yeah. 60 years. They'd come to the end of their production mm. life. So, but I, th- I think one of the things that's interesting, what we've been talking about various different distilleries, you know, Rosebank do in a particular way mm-hmm. uh, there's usually some sort of characteristic with these distilleries where you can point to something that's unique so yeah. what, what, what does Holyrood do to make itself stand out is there anything in particular or sitting in a quiet corner and it comes out of a belt is there something you know in 10 years time people say oh now Holyrood now they're known for this or they're known for that or I suppose the the inspiration we were using, like uh, I was talking about, how you know the, the poor reputation that Lowland distilling ha- distilling has, and mm. um, but the brewing in Edinburgh is is amazing. Mm. It, the great history of it all the way back, and it continues today with with yeah. some really great, exciting breweries, yeah. and that's our inspiration. So we make mm-hmm. we we use a brewing mindset. Right. So we we make we have done a few beer recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for the hops uh, <laughs> and our oats or any kind of extraneous grains, but it's still using malt, but like, but beer recipes and those. Yeah. So that's our that's our thing really. Um, well, look, we all enjoy beer. We're, like some of the team are brewers, um, mm. you know, work to stewards and, and whatever. Um, 
and and that's the kind of mentality mm. we take to it. Um, Have you ever had a brewer's breakfast? Uh, I heard about this for the first time today. We, we call it, I we, listened to it today too. I'd yeah. never heard of that either. Yeah. We, we call it um, a flying Scotsman. A flying Scotsman, right. Which, I, well, I, well I, the charge is from down south, yeah. so you might have got some yeah, flying. Yeah. So for context, well, I mean, if a brewer's breakfast or a flying Scotsman, you take it at 10 in the morning now, presumably. <laughs> it has to be, yeah, because that's when, that's when your water is flowing. Yeah. So the earlier in the. Well, so you explain what. No, what no, it is. sorry. Yeah. Well, 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 so, the, so the, the brewer's breakfast or the flying Scotsman is. Wait a minute. This is the. Is it the wort? No, is it? Mm-hmm. It's a wort, mm-hmm. so it's alcohol. It's not alcoholic yet. Yep. So it's that sugary, cereally drink, liquid that they would drink, but they would put new make spirit yes. in to add a little bit. Now, so, so you're saying about the Flying Scotsman usually le- was it left Edinburgh at ten? I think yeah, left Edinburgh at ten in the morning. And now uh, when it comes to I'm Flying probably Scotsman, probably wrong there. Do they train spotters? And so, when, uh, so you've had the, so you've had the, a flying. Uh, it's a brewer's breakfast, yes. Flying Scotsman. That's what you. Uh, I was off the clock. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I have had a brewer's breakfast, <laughs> uh, a Flying Scotsman. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's basically so your first runnings are your sweetest wort. So like that's where it gets the most sugar out of the the malt, <clears throat> and then you add a little bit of um, uh, new make to that, mm. and yeah, in in a hot mug it's a it hot is, mug as well. Oh, yeah. It comes to the distillery. We'll we'll yeah. time it. We'll, we'll get you guys in <laughs> at like ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll There's a couple of uh, operators or, or still people <clears throat> traditions. I mean, mm. certainly talk about um, it used to be the Stillman's Challenge. I think was was it, was it new make or was it? <laughs> Oh, was it drinking, drinking from the wash back? Oh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. who could last the longest after drinking from the wash back? Oh, it could be that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it's not a good Have you drank from many wash backs? Uh, I, when, Surely when you've I, done it all. Well, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so, what's the character? This is an interesting mm. thing. When you visit a distillery, mm. um, you can smell the, it's beer, yeah, yeah. and so Glenkinchy. Yeah. You could argue it smelt better than the whiskey. Again, I'm the biggest fan of Glenkinchy, mate. But it smelt like fresh bananas yeah, when yeah. you went in there. Yeah. They had these Oregon pine um, washbacks, yep. beautiful. Um, but it's hot beer mm. with live yeast in it. Mm-hmm. It's not something you want to consume a lot of because it will go um, straight through you. Right. That's yeah. that's the challenge. <laughs> Basically, um, have you tried a few? What what's the character of your beer? Well, it, it, again, it varies hugely because, it, I mean, it, it, it would be like asking a, a kind of craft unusual, brewery. That's yeah. oh, really unusual, isn't it? Because you really guys are playing about yeah. so much. So a beautiful like, inconsistency yeah. in, yes, in holiday that bread. Is, that it's, is it, yeah. yeah. I'm keeping that one. That's, and, and that's that, a good line. But it's something that, honestly, yeah. I haven't visited many distilleries. Everybody's all about yeah. consistency. Yeah. I think what yes. holiday clearly offers is mm. it's mm. at a great location, it's in the city, mm. um... Diverse team, hmm. but also willing to experiment. Yes, like well, there'll be a lot of stuff we, that will be fucking. We, we do, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I tried a Tabasco cast Danish whiskey yeah, right, not yeah. long ago. It was the worst thing I've ever had. <laughs> um, I love the distillery. Just yeah. uh, I realised there's not that many Danish <laughs> distilleries. So I don't want to <laughs> love them. Love the bits and pieces. Love everybody who represents them. You guys are great. Um, but this was terrible. Please don't release it. Denmark, uh, Danish distillery. Uh, yeah, I've realised there's not many uh, of them. So I don't want to be in that relationship. Connor, another thing. I actually asked this up at Eden Mill, um, and maybe Eden Mill were more known for it. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Holyrood, you're not just distilling. Spirit for yeah. whiskey, you're distilling spirit for vodka, for gin, for rum. 
is whiskey what this distillery is ultimately set up for or is it always a case that you want to have this kind of cocktail of drinks yeah. that you're producing or is it the, you know, are these are kind of conduit to the whiskey, or are these on a par with the well, whiskey? Is what I really wanted to ask. Because well, at Eden Mill, the answer was very clear: no, we're about the whiskey. Yeah. And yeah, yeah we produce. And it was strange and it's for them, right? Off. Because everybody yeah. assumed there were agenda stuff. Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and they, they, you know, in a way, it's almost been a blessing and a curse because mm. yeah, they were they were too successful. It sold, it sold completely well, but How ultimately, you ask, <laughs> you ask, you ask, you go on the street and say I Eden Mill, people will say gin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we're a single malt distillery. I think I think that's that that's that's it. You mm. know, it, it's very hard. Uh, I mean, although we do a lot of experimentation, we're without doubt single malt Scotch whiskey yeah. distillery. That's um, your headline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, within that, though, we do a lot of different stuff, and um, mm. we also own a distilling license. Yeah. That's that's a, a good tool, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if. If you're a, a, a chair maker, you know, if someone asks you to make a table, you'll make a table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So you've, I got, know. you've got the like skills, it. you know? That's such so, a good analogy. So, I, mean, I, I mean, part of the business must be to have to use... Uh, we, we mentioned about, um, you know, we talked about lockdown and COVID and the difficult time, mm. and we found a lot of distilleries moved on to creating um, hand sanitizer and stuff like that, yeah. using that license to sort of carry on. But from a business point of view, <laughs> from a distillery's point of view, you've got to be, you know, how many people work for Holyrood, how many, they've yeah. got to have money coming in every yeah, single yeah. month to yeah, their I salaries, mean, and then there's also the running of yeah. a distillery. It can't be cheap just oh, now. Energy, yeah. that's when you look at the price yeah. of energy, we've heard yeah. that malt has gone up 50% over the last few years, yeah. so you're suddenly, the the, yeah. the, the, the buying in the stock to actually create mm -hmm. your product is going to have and to have a cost. And maybe not see a result on, the, on, that, on that investment yeah. for 20 but years. But I mean, so. casks, I mean, let's yeah, not forget that. The, cask, the price of casks mm. to try and get the material. And, and of course, whether you'll agree or not, what, what, what the, 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 the part of the process that the cask plays is a huge part of the, of, yeah. of the yeah. end result. So, nah. <laughs> yeah. but, but as you said, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, if, if, like we're also saying about the 60-40, you must have shit casks sort of thing. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as a joke, but at the same time though, you, you can't be going through a process that you're going mm. through and putting all that work and effort mm. in to create this spirit to then stick it in casks yeah. that you're not 100% confident that will enhance the flavour. It's, so, I mean, how it's does so a, competitive as well, so I imagine. A distillery like uh, Holyrood, mm has to obviously make money yes. through other things now we've yeah. heard about cask investment through yeah. Glenn Wibbis we've That's talked been, to yeah. people at the, the guys up at um, uh, Eden Mill, Mill yeah. and of course we're seeing, mm. seeing yourself that yeah. people can invest in that which helps raise funds new releases coming out mm. how how many new releases will the distillery be looking at uh, over the course of a year was, maybe I think we'll see quite a few this year and um, I mean they're going to be very small the, the, the thing is like to your point it's very expensive to run a distillery yeah. to, to start one up especially um, yeah. and the initial thing I think um, with the distillery was that it was going to be more of a tourist thing mm -hmm. sort of like the Scotch whiskey experience was but with with an actual distillery you know it's kind of almost a, an extra add-on look we actually make whiskey here you know mm -hmm. and you can buy a cask of, and you can choose a recipe and, and, and it's quite fun you know we, we, the plan was to do just four mashes a week um, uh, that we opened in September 2019, come to 2020, and it's all gone to hell. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, so everything shut down. We 
ran a bunch of tours, I think, at the, the end of that year of 20, 2019, and then nothing. Wow. Uh, yeah. So like, we have this big hole in our stock as well <coughs> from that time. You know? So we, we filled a bunch of casks. Um, like we were not able to operate through the pandemic? Uh, for a few months, yeah, there was no operation. And then when there was, it was very piecemeal. We, there was no money, there was no staff. Like, it was two, two people working there, two operators um, working there on their own. Like, brutal, and yeah. with no money. Um, and somehow they made it through, through like, ingenuity and, and really hard work. The, the, the few people that were working there managed to get through that time and... Um, and start producing again and, and got through it all and then we got investment and bet everything back up and running after the pandemic. Um, it's a huge challenge for a new distillery. Incredible, but, but we, we do have this hole in, in our production, you know, so, so there's a few months there where, where we've no stock, you know. Um, so yeah, the, um, the cost is immense. Uh, the way we were going to do it was, I think, that the, the tourism would fund the distillery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there had to be a complete shift from tourism to production during the pandemic. So I started in 20, uh, 2021. Mm. Uh, so still kind of lockdown-y, we were all wearing masks and stuff. Yeah. Very difficult to work in a distillery with the mask on. This is a problem. It's really. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it won't be long until you guys are one of the most visited, you probably already are one of the most visited um, visitor yeah, yeah, centres yeah, in it's, Scotland. It's been great since. Yeah. I mean, once everything got back up and running, it was class. Yeah. We were, we, and we were on full production, so it's more... It went more production focused, and now it's probably I don't know fifty fifty. Who, yeah. who knows? But yeah. Yeah. What do you have on the distillery for visitors? Do you have tasting rooms? Do you have? I mean, because yeah. I know you know, but you know, something like Port of Leith, for example. Mm. Um, you, you'll be well aware of yeah. it. It's got this big yeah, bar. It's, it's yeah. geared up completely, a hundred percent for the visiting public. Yeah. So you know, on a slightly smaller site like Holyrood, what 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 do you offer? The kind of the tourist, as it were, the, mm. the, the, the kind of guy that wants to go and see a distillery in Scotland. What, yeah. what, what's there on site? Um, there, there is bar as well. Uh, we have bar and we do tours. Um, we also, for any um, anyone with an EH postcode, so anyone who lives in Edinburgh, you can. We do free tours every now and then. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, you, like, the idea is that we're. I mean, we're based in Edinburgh and. And we all live in Edinburgh. And we, and we do. Yeah. It's a. <laughs> it's, <laughs> You know, it, it, we're, it's a more of a community vibe, I think. You know, yeah. just as Port Elite are, are very much elite distillery, and, and yep. they've, you know, I, I've been there a few times, I love it. It's, mm-hmm. it's great, you know, and they've got a really great community feel. I mean, that's, we're, we're very much the same, you know. Mm. Um, and if we see when you do get visitors after your experience, when you start mm. visiting and seeing, Still men and mashmen looking miserable. Are yeah. you yeah. just standing there having a smile I mean, maybe, on your maybe face? I look maybe, 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 you know, maybe. looking at your phone, <laughs> bored, goodbye, yeah, or, or do you try and make yourself look busy when there's yeah, a tour going on? You immediately checking all the kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say Connor is probably the chattiest um, operator you'll meet <laughs> because he's worked uh, in the on-trade for so long, because he worked in bars for so long. But the thing is, I mean, the... It, you talk about the Port Leith, and you're talking Port Leith Distillery, which has opened up, and it really does show you that the difference in an industry like whiskey, yeah, and don't get me wrong, look, I'm sure there will be a little bit of competition and I'm sure elbows mm. do get sharpened at some point or other when you're in the marketing world or mm. you're in this, but one of the really, really nice things is that here we are talking to somebody who works for a distillery mm. in Edinburgh, 
talking about the visitor centre and talking about the importance of trying to raise funds and go through the hardships of what uh, a new distillery goes through and then another one opens up in yeah, Lee yeah. and you suddenly start thinking if this was any other industry or another business yeah. most people would be going oh shit yeah. looking yeah. over their shoulders yeah. same thing about how we talked about with the Scotch whiskey experience mm. and then the Johnny Walker comes yeah. in but actually yeah. you know, it's the, never the been phrase, seen as competition no, but yeah. it's, it's always been seen as good for Scotland yeah. but I mean if anything it's competition for the likes of maybe Isla, Speyside or the Highlands yeah. because ultimately oh, yeah. now if you're yeah. a tourist you don't have to go yeah. we, talked, about, yeah. we yeah. talked on the Eden Mill one about yeah. Fife becoming a Fife a whiskey region and things and you actually do look and you say now yeah. if you're a tourist yeah. and you're maybe not a huge whiskey fan yeah. but actually if you're here for a week and you visit you fly into Edinburgh you're staying in Edinburgh within a, a two hour drive from mm. where you are it'd be amazing to try and work out and I won't do it now off the top of my head but it'd be amazing <laughs> to try and work Probably out about 10. And t- how many distilleries yeah. that yeah. a tourist could actually take oh, in yeah. Yeah, loads. In, yeah. in that in that period of time, yeah. we're spoiled. Yeah. And, and now That's you great, look at that, yeah. you suddenly say. So from a from a distillery point of view, if someone comes to Edinburgh, and they say, mm. "Oh well, there's a Hollywood distillery." Now the, the the benefit that you've got is your location, in the sense that you're just down the Royal Mile. Yeah. You've got the you've you've got the um you've, you've maybe got a dynamic earth. On one part, you've got yeah. uh, the We're really trying to get all the kids into the distillery. <laughs> but, <right? laughs> but, but, but you've also got the whole. But you've also the got the whole. Ho- station right next you, to it. You've got you've got the, 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 the government buildings, the Scottish yeah, Parliament. Yeah, yeah. So you know that people will be down there. Yeah, and yeah. if they know there's yeah. a distillery, we can pop our heads out. Yeah. But at the same time, you know they like that they go down to Leith. Mm. They like that, or or, or yeah. it could be the other journey. Well, it's a whiskey experience. Yeah. It's the Scottish whiskey experience. It's the. Um, it's uh, Johnny, Johnny Walker. Then yeah. it's like, oh, by the way, you've got yeah. two distilleries on your doorstep here. Yeah. At well, least you've got Bonington as well. So it, it's three. It, and and then. this is something that ten years ago Edinburgh couldn't have yeah. dreamed of. That's, that, that's the biggest difference. Yeah. Ten years ago, you had the Scotch whiskey experience, which was very much a tourist attraction, which is still brilliant, and it was it was a monster. Um, and now we've got four world-class mm. options yeah. in the city and that's before you start talking about the whiskey bars yeah, yeah. And in, when, in which yeah. case you know even a, as i say like a pub this pub here my favorite pub yeah this would be the largest sele- selection of open bottles of whiskey in at least 90 percent of the countries mm. in the world yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then on and top that, of that <laughs> just but, well, i mean just to take it i mean not to take anything away from the other distilleries and the other mm. space and regions yeah. and what have you Scott, we, we, we take it for granted that Scotland, you know, a, a two and a half, a two and a half hour drive to, to go up north for three hours, and yeah. you're suddenly going, oh, that's a pain in the arse. An Australian might go two and a half hours yeah. To, yeah. just to get to the shops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I had a two and a half hour drive from the airport yeah. when I landed in Michigan, so <laughs> when you see, traveling for 23 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that my wife being Indian and stuff, I remember speaking to her brother and says, like, we, we, don't, we, we don't measure distance in miles or kilometres we just mention it but we, we, time, time. Yeah. Yeah, time everybody will just say so they won't say oh it's it's, it's, it's a it's a two mile drive yeah, or it's yeah. just up the road yeah. you're only just a mile and a half up the road they'll say no it's a 20 minute drive or yeah. uh, yeah. or, or a 45 or a 3 hour or a 4 four day whatever well, well but, my pal's in Australia he, he talks about he was from like the rural Australia and he talked about how they would measure distance in beers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, two beers over the hill, you know. Two beers over the hill. But I mean, look, we are we are sort of uh, approaching a time. But one of the things we do ask, well, we, we, just, we do before, just before we start it, any other questions about production at all, gentlemen? Uh, no, action? no, fire away. So, so uh, rather than that, um, 
before we go on to a wee bit about SWA and then we'll do the water free drams. Mm-hmm. What is your favourite thing about the job you've got at Holder and Distillery? Oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good question, Ross. Yeah. It's good uh, to have you back. <laughs> yeah, you know what, I, I think I've talked about this with a few of my colleagues and uh, we all really like making things. I think that's, yeah. that's kind of a, a, a big part of it. Um, and, and seeing that process right from start to finish, you know, um, that's, I, I love it. I, I love being there right right from the beginning, tipping bags, yeah. you know, like we're, uh, it's a small distillery, so we're like, we have to lift the bags into the hopper, uh, the bags of malt um, for every mash and all the way through to, to like blending. <laughs> You probably have more creative freedom or, or, or certainly oh, yeah. more um, diverse yeah. end results mm. as, as, just as a spirit, as a unique spirit, yeah. well, than any distillery yeah. I mean, that I know like, Because I, I think distilleries are going for consistency. Yeah. It's what they need, it's yeah. what they demand. And, and you're, yeah. you're saying... No, that's but there, will there come a point though? Yeah. Will there come a point where you hit the right note and you go, is it, "This well, is what no, we've got no, to try I would hope do. not. I would hope not too, frankly. But mm. like, I think, you know, as, as I was saying to my pal, um, I think Hollywood Distillery to to a blender is probably gutter stock. It's mm. it's rubbish. Yeah. You know, you need consistency for blending, <clears throat> yeah. and you need to be able to pick up a. a a bottle of something yeah. and know that it's mm. it, how it's going to affect your blend, you know. Your mm. melting ducks that you it, love and your yeah, good talkers, yeah. they're a blender's dream. Of course. Oh, yeah. And but then from a business perspective, from a historical business perspective, that's, the where, money that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. where the money was. But, you know, we're, we're mm. making, like, a variety of interesting spirits, you know, of, of whiskey. Um, and, you know, and, and each one, I hope, tastes so different and, and like, Certainly, it's something I love is, is discovering a new whiskey and, and you know tasting the differences between them and understanding why each one is different, whether it's the cask or, or the shape of the stills or the angle of the line arm, all that. Um, you know, and to be able to do that every day in in one distillery is is great. And That's to amazing. understand and to learn how to how that process works, you know. And and, and also just to can you know. Ask, ask you again. You know, you started as trainee distiller. I'm now senior. You're yeah. now yeah. senior distiller. That must be a source of personal senior pride for you. Yeah. That must be a source of personal pride for you as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and is that the future? You know, you're in distilling. Is that yeah. is that it for you? You're never. Oh, yeah. You're not looking back at anything. You're just going. This I'm is, hooked. Distilling is the future for you. You know, I. I am fascinated by whiskey. I, I love it. it there's, once I kind of got into it, that was me. I mean, I think that's probably we could all say that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm intrigued by it, and I, I love it. The um, <clears throat> the oh, I want to stay in it basically, and I want you know. I think having done the. The bar thing for for a long time. <laughs> a long time. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, there's only so many three o'clock, three a.m.s you can see, basically. Yeah, very <laughs> much. Kind of, but as, as much as I miss it, and I'm sure you miss yes. it too. Yeah. But I miss so many aspects of it. You've got a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the work-life it balance. Changes, it changes. The work-life it, yeah. balance yeah. and. Yeah, and and, and, and look, Nauticus is great for that. They were they were really good with the work-life balance, and um, just worked around you, but. Uh, but yeah, the the distilling thing—it's I want to stay in whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. I, I also you know we have to 
kind of move on with your life and and um, uh, <clears throat> and grow within it. And I think within the bar bar scene, as much as I loved it, it wasn't. You can't grow yeah. into it. You know, there, there's, there's and the next step is buying. You know, you, you, can, you can make tips and stuff. And, and increase your wages that way but unless you own a bar or yeah, yeah. And, I mean they're not millionaires either no no absolute legends people that you've worked for yeah. people, that, people that I've worked with like but they're grafters yeah 100% right Ross talk us through we're going to quickly go through just a very brief Go of uh, the stats that the SWA mm. yes. have released in Scotch Whiskey today as we're recording which is the 15th of, uh, of February and then we'll move on very quickly to Connor's so, What Three Drams. So, so last year was a really big year for Scotch Whiskey. It was the first six billion pound year. Right. Um, which was crazy to, to even comprehend. In America was the first one billion pound per annum market. Wow. Uh, and Scotch Whiskey had actually suffered a little bit um, in, in 2023. Overall sales are, are, are still absolutely massive. We were over... Um, 5.6 billion mm. in the last year of Scotch whiskey. Yeah. We're still at 43 bottles a second. Now, I don't know who, Is that a worldwide figure? So, for, 43, 43 bottles, bottles a second are of Scotch whiskey are sold every single second. Every second. So, the people that have listened to the Whiskey Shows podcast, oh, like, like Connor thousands, from, thousands, from day one, yeah. like, it's actually really hard to comprehend. It's unbelievable. So that's, that's what this got, that, that, 43 bottles a second. So, I mean, yeah. what we've done. By, by recording this podcast, <laughs> we're, we're now sitting there at around about an hour and 40 yeah. minutes. When you think about what we've done for the Scotch whiskey industry, <laughs> by in an hour and 40 minutes, how many bottles of whiskey has the industry sold since yeah. we've started this podcast? There so to, to put it into context, we, we, we talk about this bar that we're in the Athletic Arms in Edinburgh having the large, you know, this huge collection of open bottles of whiskey. Um, to put it into context, that, that, that sells around the world in 18 seconds. But what's interesting is top 10, I'm looking at the stats here, I'm on my phone looking. So the value, it's value against volume, mm, which is the most yeah. interesting thing. And the yeah. biggest thing that I take this year, and we speak a lot about you know blended whiskey, we've spoke about it on many podcasts with bottlers, with distilleries, that is where the money is. Now, blended whiskey, of course, is still king. In terms of the volume, it's um, it's massive. It's sixty percent, pretty mm. much, um, of all whiskey um, is blended Scotch whiskey already in bottles. So that's not mm. even including mm. the amount, like the, the vatted stuff, the stuff that's yeah. just getting sent away. There's lots of stuff that gets sent to mature in India and mm. Japan. All this, but in fact, about thirty percent of the industry that is sold is not bottled. Yeah, right. So you can kind of take that yeah, away right, straight yeah. away. Yeah, okay. But. Now 11%, nearly 12% um, sold is single malt whiskey, which is up. That's so in the last two years, it's single malt whiskey is going up. But the bigger difference is that that's now equivalent to 36% of the money. So mm. only 11% of all whiskey exported is single malt whiskey. But it's about two billion of the five point six yeah. billion sold so annually. But the interesting so, thing so is, there's definitely a demand for the higher mm. end yeah. single malt market. Blended whiskey is always going to be better. A third of the market in the entire world is still Asia and Oceania. Yeah, yeah. It's 32% worldwide all goes to Asia. And that, you've got to think, 98% of their produce will be blended. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So it's amazing that single malt is getting a bit more notoriety. 
a lot new malt distilleries, obviously, in the last 10, 20 years as well. Perhaps that's playing into it. Overall, um, sales by volume and sales by value seem down in our biggest markets. Well, I'm just looking at the top 10 markets by volume, Mm -hmm. and there's nine red arrows pointing down the way and only one green arrow pointing up, which is 31% uh, increase for Turkey, 41 million, um, which is versus... But what's interesting is like your big markets, like the French market, the Indian market in the States now, and Japanese as well, you're, there's your top four mm. now albeit the biggest United States volume, are down by yeah. 7% in volume mm-hmm. but the biggest thing for me the surprise well not surprise as such but the big one is the Indian market has dropped 24% mm. now I don't know whether that was always yeah. going to happen and, and 22% by value as well which is, mm. means there's a lot of high up like more We've been speaking about it quite a lot. Yeah. And on the 10th of January 2024, there was the 14th meeting yeah, between the UK government and, and the Indian government about the, um, is it the tariffs? Tariff, or, the, yeah. the, the, it's yes, 150%, 150% tariff on Scotch whiskey and, and the proposal is to move to 75%. That's going to happen over a number of years. But believe, uh, that was meant to happen. You know, this well, it was, was meant to happen in the valley three years this, ago. Two this years was ago. meant to be the benefits that we were going to get yeah, from entering yeah. a, a, a more open market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Scotch whiskey industry... I'm delighted we're getting on to politics. No, so well, 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 <laughs> and I just want to see Scotsman, we're going we're gonna to agree. Um, but the Scotch whiskey industry must be looking at that and saying... but we've got the taxation on top of, of the bottle tax that's come in yeah. to the UK yeah. and they've got to be saying now I know that people were quite outspoken about the bottle tax that came in mm-hmm. sort of saying like you know you're squeezing us a little bit here with the, the prices of the mm. energy costs and stuff like that and yeah. and also we're in a cost so we're in a cost of living crisis at the time where people can't afford certain things and now you're putting the price of alcohol yeah. up through that and stuff but I think it's that, that Indian market yeah. has been a potential gold, gold mine, mine. Yeah. for the whiskey industry. And we'll make that industry. much money at one hundred and fifty percent of a tariff. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and that, yeah, like, but it's been there, and it's been so close. But yeah, it's never finally got over the line. And, and, and I may, think maybe in the long term it will work out, Graham. But it's one of those things we shouldn't overreact. It's five point six billion mm. per year yeah. for a nation of five point six million people. Yeah, it, it, it's colossal. And an industry so small. If you're looking at positives, okay, although the markets are down, French market is down fifteen mm. percent by volume. It's only down three percent by value. Yeah, yeah. The single malts the are yeah. doing better than ever. Yeah. It just it just looks like we are every day. So people, people are buying less whiskey, but they're buying. More high value yeah. whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, last year. in certain markets, yeah. in certain markets, last year was was up on both. I, I think whenever you you look at these things, all the, you know the the experts will always say the pandemic had an effect, and you know and it skewed everyone to buying more stuff like whiskey. I mean, mm. I certainly bought a lot more whiskey yeah, during the pandemic than anyone else did. Yeah. Or didn't. Well, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think a good parallel is I read a very interesting article and it was about, it nothing to do with whiskey, it was about the um, second-hand watch market. Mm. The second-hand watch market, particularly Rolexes, um, particularly other Swiss watches, is down because yeah. during... Yeah. During lockdown, we all saw it secondhand. The secondhand market for watches exploded. Yeah. It went through the roof. And whiskey, yeah. a very, very similar thing happened. And, 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 and as people, as, as people um, during lockdown had spare income because they mm. couldn't spend it going out, they couldn't spend it on holidays, they spend their money on other luxury items which they could afford, consumer goods like watches, whiskey, and so forth. What we now have is we have uh, worldwide 
situation where we still have high inflation. Mm-hmm. So people's wallets are being squeezed. They're not spending that money on luxury luxury yeah. goods. And that th- this is this is borne out with what we're seeing. And, and, here's, and here's the thing, even it, a standard it, bottle of yeah. whiskey by volume is a premium thing yeah, to buy, yeah, isn't it, 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 Angus? It's one of those yeah. things that yeah. even even a bottle blended whiskey, yeah. how many people are buying bottles of whiskey? Yeah. It is still small. And as, as, as um, Graham mentioned, yeah, okay, the bottles by uh, volume are down, but by value, mm. Singapore, Taiwan, China, Spain, Turkey, all up. Senior distiller, so, yeah. Senior distiller. Anyway, that's enough of the serious yeah. chat. Let's go to the what three drams. We're starting to sound like we know what we're talking about here. Connor, talk us through your what three drams. Um, no pressure. That's tough, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, these things are always difficult, but uh, I would say uh, I'd have to start with uh, Powers, so Irish whiskey. Um, yeah. Uh, I've I never actually. I've, I, 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 that I, does, of course, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've never had powers. Yeah. So what, what? What is powers? Is this a blended whiskey? It's blended whiskey. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, it's. Uh, so there was kind of. I'm from Cork. Uh, Jameson mm-hmm. is made in Cork. Yeah. At, um, uh, Irish Distillers uh, in Middleton, they make kind of. Uh, well, they used to make kind of three main brands. It was Jameson, Powers, and Paddy. Um, yeah. And you'd have seen some of those around. But Sounds like the Irish front row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's interesting history there, but you know, these are like three separate distilleries that mm-hmm. all kind of joined together yeah. at one point. Um, but yeah, I, Powers for me, I have fond memories of it because it, it, it was always my favourite of the three. And that was, you would find those three in every bar. Every pub in Cork. It's like the famous grouse. But they do have variations as yes, well. They're yeah. different, yeah. yeah you, you've chosen the Irish equivalent of grouse. Yeah. Is this a ubiquitous thing you growing up in yeah. Cork? It was always there. It's it, 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 every bar. People's whiskey, it's, I would have it, said. It, it, it's, it's, it's the whiskey that growing yeah. up you 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 yeah. you know identified whiskey with. You mentioned black powers. and white. I mean, yeah. nobody knows about black and white. No, no. That's a huge One of those things, you know. So that was powers. That was. Is there a story the reason, with it or just yeah, the reason I, I kind of think fondly of that, or whenever I see Powers, I always think of um, that first pub I worked in and one of the regulars, he was an old guy. I mean, he I would guess he was in his 80s, but I mean, to be honest, he could be in his 30s, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a drinker. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he would come in, like, when we opened. He wouldn't come in every day, but he'd come in, like, a couple of times a week, and he'd come in when we opened at 10 a.m., and he would stay there right through to close. And really? He would, uh, <laughs> he would give us all hell. He would absolutely <laughs> abuse us. He was a horrible customer boy. He was, he was funny about it, you know. Uh, he, he was a good laugh. Um, and he would, he would order a, a priest and a ginger boy, was what he'd call it, which was a pint of Guinness. And, uh, and a powers. <laughs> A, a priest and a ginger boy. Oh, ginger boy. <laughs> so sorry, explain to me what that is exactly. Well, a priest's got a, he's got yeah. a collar. 
it was the first bar we walked into in this country and um, and it was the first jam we had and I was like, this is it was that incredible. Was a big day. That oh, it was great, yeah. I, I, that night I slept on Kyle Jameson's sofa, okay. so the owner of Nauticus. So you know that was how I met Kyle and like you know it's the whole whole wow. thing. Okay. You know? um, yeah, and, but yeah, that jam was just incredible. I, I still have a bottle. I've I bought like three bottles maybe. Uh, I mean, you know, signature vintage single casks, they, they only yeah. have so many. Yeah, but, yeah. But I've, I've drank three of them. Uh, and I have a four, uh, yeah, I've drank three and I have a fourth at home. You own, um, you own to the bottle that you're keeping that's, then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I kind of forget I have it every now and then, but that, that one's staying, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, and Legic being the Tobermory. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I think Tobermory yeah. was mentioned yeah. 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 by Eden yeah. Mill. So, um, yeah. you know, another chef glass distillery. Yeah, let me look. Well, I, the, probably the most exciting Stillman that we've we're, we're, we might ever get on the podcast. Who knows if there's any Stillman listening? I've got more personality than him. But come on down. But but look, Connor, thank you so much for coming on oh, to the podcast. Thank you thanks for sharing and, and thanks for listening. <laughs> so you know, yeah. You're one of the listeners. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you you talked about. Um, uh, your listener Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was listening. Hi, the, Amy. <laughs> I was doing some wallpaper in a home the other day, and uh, my wife came through the door. Her name is Amy. And just as you said, and thank you to Amy for listening, as she walked through the door, and she was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, like to Amy from Boston, this week, she's like, I'm, I'm quite happy to become a joke. <laughs> One of the best guys. Oh, like, uh, does that mean no, no, that no. Amy's? We've got Amy's. Yeah, We've got, got two Amy's. Amy's. Yeah. No, but it's <laughs> one of them unwilling. So your wife has been subjected to at least yeah. a second of yeah. the, yeah. the podcast. Well, some, some Amy's were born with summer voices upon us. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you've been listening to the Whiskey Stories podcast. A big thanks to Connor O'Keefe from Hollywood Distillery. If you do get a chance to visit, please do. And if you do see him looking miserable, uh, his work, then make sure you point out that he's been on the Whiskey Stories podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you do listen, and if you're not Amy, then please like and subscribe but find us on Instagram um, give us five stars give us five stars all that malarkey we're also hopefully by the time you're listening to this we will be having our YouTube channel will be live which will, you'll be able to see older videos that we've, we have we have recorded as well as this one as well thanks for listening thanks to Connor for coming in Slanjavar everybody cheers Slanjavar cheers